welcome back to another episode of Squawking Dead. It's kind of a relief not to have to call Martha the filthy woman or the crazy woman anymore. Awkward name or not, it's clear from the episodes of Fear the Walking Dead that we're covering that she is quite the formidable force. We finally resolved all the questions surrounding her origin and the establishment and destruction of the Society of Benevolent Truckers led by Polar Bear. But in the background, an equally persistent force is gaining rapid momentum. Our gang is growing stronger, like raw, broken pieces of metal being heated and reforged by hammering them over and over again. Our group is finding meaning and purpose in choosing to admit their vulnerabilities and just do better. It's not perfect, but then again, forged metal is not valuable because of its beauty, but for its durability. If we had to choose one point that this season has driven home more than any other, and there are many... <laughs> It's that the remaining characters have gone way beyond survival or maintaining their own humanity. They've taught themselves, or at least retrained themselves, to engender humanity, often in people that seem impossible. And every time they do, they become stronger, and the impossible doesn't seem as far-fetched as it is on paper. And when I get philosophical like this, I turn to my rock, my swampy island, the woman that'll get me back on the road so we can keep on trucking. Carol. Well, what an intro. Did you miss it? Well, you know, I, I'm I'm no. I'm missing <laughs> No, I was going to say it's hard for me to, to get into it because you know I have criticisms on fear, but constructive yes. criticism. Constructive. Of course. Of I'm course. Not just gonna, I'm not just going to bash it like an asshole, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, A constructive asshole. Constructive <laughs> criticism. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's winding down. We've got like one episode, one episode left, right? That's right. The season fin- finale is next week or well, actually in a few days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Walking Dead comes back. Yeah. Your pride and joy. My pride and joy. My pride and joy. The, the reason to lock yourself in a room for two hours. Uh, right. Well, yeah, two hours yeah, yeah, for, on a for Sunday. Talking Dead too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hear the Lionel Richie music. Uh, Hello. <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah, I just uh, mm, yeah. Give me your spiel. I I know I I, I gave a positive view of this you of the season. You did, and like the recent episodes. But I think it, I think this I think these two episodes deserve an alternate view. <laughs> Proceed. Here's my thing, and I I've listened to other podcasts that made this point, not about this, just in general on other shows and whatever. And I agree with them. Villains are very very tough to write. You have to. It's really easy to write for a hero, I think. To write a villain that's compelling, I think you really have to really do some good character character development in order to make them a complex character that you are sort of conflicted over. And I think that what makes them more intriguing. I mean, we've seen that with like, and, and I mean, we've seen this with different shows beyond just like Walking Dead Universe. I mean, you could say about Game of Thrones, you could say about like, you know. The Shield uh, the is Shield. like a quintessential essential oh, mad men uh, oh, sopranos i mean there's i mean you're you're when you have these situations where your villain is sort of like a character that you almost kind of also want them to succeed you know it's it makes for really good you know interesting television you know walking dead like shane was one of those kind of characters where it's like shane wasn't a villain per se Say, but that's what I'm saying. It's like there's that complexity, you know. Even I would say Negan is another character kind of cut from a similar mold where it's like he, he, he's, he's not good, but he's not bad either. And that's what makes it so interesting to watch and just kind of like watch it all unravel. And I think that for me, this Martha character, I, I think it's just something where it's, I think that they tried to give her a background and I didn't find it because basically, if you were to say 
like, well, what's her background? It's like, well, her husband was, you know, her husband was died in, in an unfortunate car accident, you know, them potentially escaping from the apocalypse and nobody helped her. So now she, she hates people and she won't help anybody and she won't be weak. I mean, it's just not compelling. To me, it's just sort of like so one dimensional. And I, I just, and towards the tail end of the season two, it's, it almost feels like shoehorned into me. Like we've got one episode left and it's like, really? We've got one episode left? You mean left? season four? Right. Yeah. Like it's like, we've got one episode left. You introduce this character like in the tail end of like the lat- latter half of the season. And, you know, and, and it's sort of, it just doesn't make a whole, to me, it's sort of like, okay, I'm going to make you strong. I'm going to make you strong. And like, we're going to go and we're going to get him. And we're going to make him strong. But why? Like there's just, it's, there's no real rationale behind it. It's almost villainy and evil for the sake of being villainy and evil. And um, that's what makes it like difficult to, to just sort of watch. Like I'm watching it, but there's, for me, there's not really like a compelling story behind it. And that's what I love about shows, like, you know, like those shows we mentioned, like, you know, you're Breaking Bad, you're Sopranos, you're Walking Dead, you're, you're, you're Mad Men. It's like, you know, it's fascinating to watch these characters unravel and do things. Even Rick Grimes, you know, like, just, Rick Grimes has done a lot of shady shit that, you know, you could, I've said it a million times on this podcast, you know, I'm the biggest vegan supporter because of the fact that Rick went and killed a bunch of his men in their sleep. You know, that's not cool. And right. so, you know, I, I, I find that, like, interesting. So when I'm watching this, it's like, this is not, and again, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard playing field for fear to compete in just because of the fact that like we're in a time where there's so much good writing. Personally, I think that there's so much good writing. You know, you're saying like in, in the world of television, in the world of television that like, you know, I can't help but look at this storyline and be sort of like, okay, sure. But like, I'm not enthralled, like, oh, what's going to happen next? It's like, well, I mean, bad guy, got to beat the bad, or bad woman, got to beat the bad woman. And to be honest, I'm kind of, if I were to get on my feminist soapbox here. Oh, wow. There's a feminist soapbox. Feminist soapbox here. On this one. I would be kind of insulted that this is your evil person, you know, because she's not developed. She's one dimensional. She loses her husband and goes crazy. I'm like, really? That's as deep as you're going to get for the chick. You know, I mean, it's like Shane, the governor, Negan. I mean, luckily, thank God we have Alpha coming up on Walking Dead. But I mean, oh, yeah, that's true. So we'll have that. But I mean, like this is just sort of like, I mean, come on, you know, it just it just isn't you could do better. (laughs) Like that's that's just my feeling on it. And I mean, the origin story was just sort of like, I feel like everybody has that story. Everybody's experienced loss in this world. Everybody has. You know, how many of our characters have lost their spouse in in horrible ways? Worse ways, arguably, than that, you know, that we've seen. And, you know, for that Hmm. to be the reason for her to kind of like fly off the deep end, it's like, okay, yeah, that's believable. You could fly off the deep end. But it's like, does that make it your your villain? You know, it's like, uh, that's kind of a, mm, I don't know. That's just me. Like, I, I, I think that, like, like I can watch it for entertainment value, but I'm not compelled by the story. That's the thing. Whereas like, you know that we would watch Walking Dead and we're trying to figure out like, what does that mean? What does that mean? What is it? Like, I'm not watching fear and asking what does anything mean? I'm just watching it and I'm watching it as entertainment. Do you know what I mean? I do actually. And as a matter of fact, like I think a lot of the notes that I took on the last two episodes really exemplify the kind of case that I can actually make for not only Martha, but actually the entire season. And I'll get, I'll start off by saying, that I... 
I don't blame you because I think what I think what the showrunners are trying to do is something kind of like a. I mean, they mapped out both half of the seasons, both both halves of the season, um, as sort of a jigsaw puzzle. Uh, on the first half, they kind of gave you the left side and the right side, you know, the before and the after. In this one, it was more of like a concentric circle. And as we, as each episode kind of unravels, it gives you more of the outside, and it slowly swirls. You know, the, each piece you get slowly swirls to the middle. Take for example the, the whole trucker arc. It's it was never entirely clear, like like pen to paper, like 100% how the trucker network came about who people were talking to i mean you you could make a really good case obviously that morgan had been talking to martha the in that first scene when he gets into the mississippi truck stop right but at the same time you're not 100 percent sure because she's awful chipper on the other end of the radio it does kind of sound like her but then again it doesn't explain a lot of the the holes that we didn't that we never got filled until like maybe just actually just before we covered these episodes right Actually, and, and actually just um, on MM54, it kind of finally filled in the last piece of what the extent was of what they were, the Trucker Network, what ended up happening. And, and basically what ended up happening is is Martha basically takes all, each one of them out one by one all the way up until Polar Bear. It's not clear that she ended up getting Polar Bear, but it's very clear that by the end of it, you you get the sense that she, uh, she tried awfully hard and, she, and probably just before she got to Polar Bear is when things start to get heated because like in the beginning in the beginning of basically Marlon Market 54 oh, yeah, which is the the first episode that we're covering um, it goes to the story and just as she's tr- she's still trying to figure out what who Polar Bear is you know where he is how to get to him and instead of getting Polar Bear on the radio she gets Morgan mm-hmm. so she doesn't quite get to him now I, I guess let me going back to the point though um, it's kind of like what I said in the intro there's there are themes that kind of go hand in hand and I, I don't, again I don't blame you for I'm gonna say tuning out because if you pay attention there's some really interesting, I mean, at least to me, interesting pieces that are in play here, that are in motion, mm-hmm. that they, if you start picking them up, and as you keep watching, the, the holes in the plot, well, not, not necessarily holes in the plot, but the what they're trying to reach for becomes clearer and clearer and clearer as it goes on. Just like, just like when you were watching the first half of the season, what you were what you were watching becomes the plot itself becomes clearer and clearer and clearer as you watch in this half of the season it's less about the plot becoming clearer than it is kind of like there's a bit of there is a bit of confusion it's true about the plot but more importantly it's like what's the point of making all these people suffer what is the point of making them and then you start to see in like the last few episodes particularly these that they need to be broken down absolutely so that they can be built up again and part of that involves what people perceive this, you see this in I Lose People, the second episode we're covering, in particular with Jim. Because Jim is all of us. <laughs> Jim's character is us. Mm-hmm. Like, you think we'd even be a Eugene, but like the more I started watching Jim is the more I started realizing that Jim is the just a typical cut. I mean, actually, Jim is you and me. Mm-hmm. He's like the typical smart ass ball busting. You know, if it wasn't for this, you know, we'd be complaining. Right, right. And, and I start to realize that like we all have things that we could have done and we could have been better. And then just when just when um, we were kind of getting to where we wanted to be, somebody pulls the rug out from under us. We've all had those moments. And then you get hung up on it and it leaves you kind of morose. And for 
for Jim, it's just this constant thing. And and as we start to see in the episode, you know, obviously we going uh, ending from MM54 and then into I Lose People is that we realize that he gets bit. And that's just the second thing. It's like he never even got a chance to really kind of be a person in the apocalypse. Not really. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't give us himself a chance at first, but he never really even got a chance to, to get over that and move on to this other thing. You know, this, mm-hmm. this trying to be a functional person in society. Mm-hmm. But the point I'm trying to make is that, um, yeah, Jim is uh, Jim is all of us, but also that um, something that Jim does in the in the second episode in um, episode 15 of, of season four is that he. Like on paper, and it's kind of like what he, what um, Aaron Stanford was saying. His, you know, the actor. He said on paper, Jim is one hundred percent correct, one hundred percent, start to finish. But I think what the se- the second half of the season is trying to tell us is that if you break down your vulner- vulnerabilities, if you break yourself down and make yourself whole again, and lean into possibility and trying and doing better in in even the in this even worse kind of world, what what ends up happening is that almost anything becomes possible. You become something else, and you you see each person with their own vulnerabilities and their own strengths and their own talents and their own <laughs> figure like action figure accessories and whatever and what have you and characteristics but you see all of these different people kind of become something better or like an idealized version of themselves. And I think, and, it, and I'll save the last observation really for the end because I think it makes sense. But I think all of this is kind of almost a fake out in the sense that we think this is a simple story of people getting broken down and becoming better. But I think the be- becoming better is going toward, leading towards a bigger purpose. And that purpose will be revealed in the next episode. That's a lot for them to get to. In one ah, episode, I'll give you a hint. I, it's not for them to get to. See, that's a little too deep. <laughs> I, I, that's the that's thing. why I'm here. I, I know. Like, I guess I, it's. But that's what I'm saying. I don't blame you. The, yeah, it's, it's. I don't blame you. It's they're reaching for something. They're reaching. And, yeah, and for and I I get it, but it's it's it, it's it's making me. I'm trying to think of the word. Like I, I don't. I don't is have, it that they don't give you enough to kind of? I just don't see, not ca- to care. I guess the thing is that there's a certain cadence when I'm watching Walking Dead or when I'm watching certain shows, and it's like follow the bouncing ball and let's see where this is going. You right. know. Whereas here, it's sort of like okay, and and I think that this is where a lot of I'm assuming where a lot of the the diehard fear fans are are upset with because I know that a lot of them have their reservations with the season, and I think where they're coming from and where maybe. I, I'm sort of understanding a little bit is that you know they started with this show in season one with his family and then they which arguably a lot of people panned the first season you know from what I yeah. heard then they moved on to the second season which got somewhat better then we moved on to like the third season which apparently I heard was much much better like years better than the first and second well I think the quality went up but I think that the what they what would happen is the the is the season would start it would start off really strong and the the second season would start start off even stronger but the trends throughout the seasons for the first three seasons kept getting lower and lower by the mid-season mm, okay. so it's like this weird thing where the quality goes up and people get more psyched about it but then the, it trends harder downward for the first three seasons season four has been the only season that has uh, it started off even stronger than the last three and the overall season one through four trend it's finally shown an upward trend so that's mm-hmm. the thing mm-hmm. yeah which is so which is shown an upward thread like this season season this four? season yeah mm. slightly upward 
mode, yeah. Especially when you take into account AMC on demand and then also, um, you know, cable on demand. Mm, okay. Yeah. It's it. moving in that direction, unfortunately. Got it. So it gets harder and harder to get the ratings, but like, yeah, if you go by just Nielsen, Nielsen is kind of like a downward trend. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you take in on demand, cable on demand, and especially AMC on demand, mm-hmm. uh, the, it, there's actually a ratings uptick. Oh, okay. Yeah, but no, but finish your thought. I'm sorry. I just no, wanted no. to correct that part. No, no, no. I was just basically saying that it's, you know, you you kind of start on this trajectory and you're following this trajectory, following this trajectory, and then season four hit and it was almost like, okay, we hit a reset button and said, okay, we are resetting this altogether. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily, it's one of those things where it's like, a lot of times when I'm watching a season, it's like you're, you're marching towards something, you know, and you can kind of get a sense of like, you're going in a certain direction and you're, you'll culminate at, at a certain point. I'm not necessarily in watching the whole season four, I'm not necessarily sure of what point is, what direction it is, what is the purpose. I can't say I'm entirely clear. Like, I, I don't know necessarily how you'll end. Um, is Martha like your new villain for the next couple of seasons or something? Is, oh, I don't uh, think she's lasting much longer. <laughs> I, I wouldn't <laughs> think so, but then why waste your time with this person? Oh. That's I, like a, just a badly written character. You know what? I, I think we'll get there. I think you'll get there as we as we start covering the show because especially when we start covering the sneak peek, there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that I, I'm, I'm picking up on mm-hmm. uh, as, for, as per the trajectory of the show. Now, ultimately, I don't know where this is. I can't make a real solid prediction, but I can tell you the significance at the very least, you know? So it's just one of those things like I don't want to show my cards right from the beginning I mean it would help obviously to give context to some of my comments no but. no no I'm just basically shooting from the hip and saying like you know I think about like at least like even See, I'm playing I'm playing the Fear the Walking Dead game I'm I'm revealing the pieces as I go. No, and, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm seeing pieces, but I don't know. Is this a puzzle that's supposed to go together? Am I supposed to be stacking these pieces? Am I, I, I don't know what what order to put them in or what direction to put them in because I don't see what the trajectory is. Whereas, like, when I compare it to Walking Dead even last season, it's like, okay, the first episode of the season was what, uh, I don't know, Mercy, whatever. Yeah. And you see this, like, may my mercy prevail over my wrath. And you keep seeing, like, elements, like, kind of infused from that initial episode, you know, weaved throughout the entire season. And when you culminate towards your end, you go right back to the beginning again, and it all kind of comes together. And I guess that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, I, I, I watch other seasons and other shows, and you see, you know, this overall theme, and it all kind of weaves together. And with here, it's like, I'm not seeing how those pieces weave together. You know, like I see like, okay, we had this happen, this happened, this happened, this happened. Okay, now we're going to throw in this new character and this is happening and you know now the season's over so it's like I really couldn't tell you where to, to me I can't figure out like what direction it's, it's going to no idea I mean I'll give you I'll give everybody a spoiler I mean I don't know how many people are watching right now actually I do but <laughs> The spoiler really here is that um, I did leave what I think the point of, I'll say the, the entire season is, on AMC AMC Talking Dead's um, Instagram profile when they ask what questions you want to ask the um, the guests come Sunday. And I kind of wrap it up into a bow because you think that this whole season is about um, something, but I think it ends up really becoming about something entire. well, not something entirely different, but then it's kind of like, the, the show is kind of moving in a general direction. And I think what the, the last 
podcast episode episode's going to do uh, is it's going to take an about face and then look at a particular vantage point and you start to realize that the show that the season itself is about something completely different it, it's it's about something that you kind of don't expect and kind of don't expect that everything that's led up to this so far is was really about this and not about that and it's interesting because it, it it's really good this idea that I have and I, I'm pretty convinced that this is going to happen this idea that I have is good for both people who haven't watched Fear the Walking Dead all the way until now and it's also good for people who've just started tar- you know tuning in because the thing is is that the overlap here is that everybody that's watched Fear the Walking Dead has watched The Walking Dead so there's nothing you can really say about people who I, I don't think there's anybody who watches Fear the Walking Dead that doesn't watch The Walking Dead so I think that's part of what we're talking about here it's there's there's a bunch of things Things that kind of connect to this idea that I'm not revealing and that I'm being really annoying about, <laughs> but but there's also um, a, a whole other thing. And then from there, I don't know where it's going to go, but it kind of, we do know that there's a season five and whatever it must be, it must be that good that they're continuing with the, with the fear storyline as opposed to overlapping with the Walking Dead storyline. It's kind of like the things that we were saying about the, the two universes joining up. Not yet. Not See, just yet. See, that's a, that's what I was. Yeah, hoping. I think that frustrates me too. Yeah, I, w- I was hoping. I mean, you know how I felt. I was hoping that this would just be like, if it was like, if it had been a situation where Madison hadn't died at the field and she was actually Alpha, and we see that, like, because it would have tied in perfectly. It would have been such oh, a yeah. perfect thing, and it would have given a background to like this 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 huge villain and and everything, and it just would have been so interesting. And so it's 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 disappointing, and I think, like you said, yeah. They're probably going for a certain direction, but I think that the whole approach this this season has been very, very poetic, and um, that kind of gets lost on me. <laughs> well, I, I think the major mistake, and, and I, I can, I'm like, I like, I'm sniffing it on you. I think the major mistake is to really compare. I mean, it's it's easy to kind of fall into the trap of comparing The Walking Dead with Fear the Walking Dead, and I hate saying that because I know that feel that it's almost like I'm. Um, what, what's the word? Um, condescending to you? No, but I'm really no. not. No, no, no. But I get it. I think the thing is too is that I generally like shows that make me really think. Like I like shows that make me kind of like, what's going to happen? What's this or whatever? And I'm not thinking that when I'm watching Fear. I'm just like, all right, that's cool. And but then, I, you know. But I really think that it. I think the the Walking Dead does color your perceptions because. It's easy to kind of fall into the trap because a lot of the elements in Fear the Walking Dead, at least in this season, um, you know, with Morgan in particular, and then the crossover, you have some of the characters in the first episode. So it's easy to start to think that, that oh, these are the same shows, therefore the pacing and, and the way that they're going to start to reveal things is the same as well. And the interesting thing is that the fear formula is more or less the same this season as it was in all the other seasons, practically. Even though you have two different showrunners, I think they kind of pay homage to the types of people they run across. I mean, they're not grandstanding, larger-than-life villains. They never were. They had personality quirks. They're kind of normal. It, I did mention this in the beginning of the season. It's like, the thing I like, and I like this about Fear, I like that the villains are kind of more or less you and me. They kind of gain their status because of people, not necessarily because of and that's totally- their grandiosity. And that's fine because like Shane, like I said, like in the beginning, Shane was not some sort of like, you know, oh, I'm this evil villain or whatever. But he was probably one of the most complex characters, you know, that there was because he wasn't evil. He had not great tendencies, but it came from a well-intentioned place. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah, so- but you could, e- you could easily say that. 
the problem with see the problem with comparing I'm gonna I'll say Martha because we're just to kind of sort of thread it to mm -hmm. what we're talking about recently is that Martha's probably the first time mm -hmm. that we're getting closer to somebody that we can actually call evil now that's the thing about Shane is that the difference is that like you start to see these things in Shane in the beginning but then also you have to kind of get over an evil hump to start to see the other side of it I mean a lot of like seeing the um, the anti-hero parts of our villains in The Walking Dead is in the rear view kind of like let's say the episode is passed and then you start to think two episodes pass and then you start to think about well what motivated that decision what is that all about why did he give us this look here and then they start to reveal certain things that make them kind of like not an anti-hero because I, I know that we have we've had this conversation about Negan throughout mm -hmm. um, last um, last year, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily the anti-hero. I feel like it's the anti-hero version or the anti-villain. Let's say, mm -hmm. can we call it that? The anti-villain, where it's kind of like they're kind of heroes, but they're really villains. And that and Shane is is as much as we kind of understand him. So I, and I wouldn't necessarily call i mean i call rick an anti-hero in a way sure because he's still like the protagonist you know mm -hmm. it's it's mm -hmm. it's it's clear that these two people shane let's say shane and rick yeah it's it's uh you know villain and then hero you know it's really clear it's like there is a venn diagram where they cross over but it's clear that one side occupies one and one occupies the other mm -hmm. uh what fear seems to do to get bring it back to that what fear seems to do is it the the, the venn diagram overlaps really a lot to the point where some of the protagonists in fear even occupy some part a lot of the parts of the what would be in the villain class like especially strand especially daniel even mercedes mason um ophelia you know her character goes way way the other way um kalataka walker god he's like you couldn't tell if he was a, a a villain or a good guy you know like you'd see like things that really and that's the thing he was really polarizing people really really liked him or kind of like oh i don't know if i like him you know that's the kind of that's what i liked about fear it's like you really didn't know where you stood and then also our characters are kind of like imagine kind of normal and, and this is the thing about the first three seasons of fear compared to the fourth the fa i had always regarded the family as sort of kind of like the compass point of humanity where like they were kind of the most normal of, of, of people walking through each of these seasons like normal people making desperate decisions season four is when things get really really dark and dire and you see them doing things well it's kind of like you know the evolution of rick it, there's you know you see him try to be this kind of good guy trying to do as much as he can but then you get to like i don't know season four or five and you get this breaking like it never was more of a breaking point than when he bit off the claimers ear the, the, yeah. the head guy yeah and that was yeah. like it was things changed forever after that mm -hmm. that was that was the thing mm -hmm. and then that and so i think season four was kind of their ripping off the ear with their mouth you know biting off the ear moment mm -hmm. while bound mm -hmm. they've they, they've finally broken into this kind of larger than life kind of status they're they're more than just what they were from the beginning and so we're kind of in new territory all around you know you, you've got the and that's the thing you know you, it's because of this carryover and then all these other people who didn't watch before that tried to start watching and I think it's I think your point of view is emblematic of the ambition of the new showrunners what they were mm -hmm. trying to do because mm -hmm. they're trying to really draw in people that weren't watching before mm -hmm. and it's kind of hard it's really really hard in fact mm -hmm. um, to kind of get them up to speed yeah
Yeah, and and you know you can't you can't really win them. You can't really expect to win them. And I think it's just one of those things. You know, it's just one of those things where it's it's really difficult. I mean, I could I could go on and on. I will about the you know the last two episodes and kind of try to win win a case with you <laughs> to try to win you over just a little bit. I need to win you just enough so you enjoy the season finale. I, I, I res- listen. I respect everyone's opinion on it. It's I know what kind of like storylines I enjoy. And I can watch it for entertainment value. I just can't watch it for good storyline. Right, it's right. Not like it's you know, it's a it's a stretch. And I get what they're trying to do and be very deep and poetic about it. But sometimes it's for me, it's 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 trying so hard. And it's and to me, oh yeah, something's just. <laughs> It, it has no choice. It's sink or swim, baby. It's, I it's, know, <laughs> I know, but I feel it. I feel like the, the, the trying so hard, and and when it's trying so hard, some things are coming across as a little, even a little ham-fisted. I, I think that some things are are um, are implied and sometimes don't have to be said. Right, even like right. the scene um, when Morgan's on the rooftop in the um, this past Sunday's episode. The, I lose myself. I lose people. Yeah, I lose people. I'm sorry. And he's on the roof, and um, they all start passing the the walkie among each other about why they came back for him and I'm like oh my this is a little it's a little let me let me have some of this ham okay you know like it's, <laughs> it's a little over the top it's a it's a little bit because I mean look you, you can understand the camaraderie and you don't necessarily have to you know necessarily have like a round of like now we're gonna have John Dory talk and now we're gonna have Strand talk and now we're gonna have Alicia talk and now we're gonna have June talk I was like oh, I get it oh you're talking about near the end where they yeah. Kind of go back for him. Yeah, I was like, I get it, but it's like it's a little ham fisting. Like, and that, and that's what I mean. It's just a lot of you know trying to be so poetic and and, and emotional, and it's sort of like, oh, yeah. all right, so <laughs> 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 like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, you know. Okay. I see what I see what you're saying, and I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I think it's it's kind of a taste of of yeah, yeah. it's it's a little corny for it's sure. A, it's, it's a little it's corn pudding. It's a little bit. It's a little bit. I mean, like you well, know. that's the thing. There's there's a contrast though. I mean, I think it's a huge contrast. And I mean, I get it. Like you have to, they have to forge their own path as their own show. You know, it's clear that they're trying to forge their own identity, their own path. I totally get it. So it's like absolutely do it. It's just one of those things that I'm. I, I kind of wish that there was something you know i don't know just sort of like intriguing in the i think it becomes a lot more clear when when we start to get to the end of the episode because there's there as we go through it you can you'll definitely be groaning and moaning about a lot of things that we're gonna say mm-hmm. but by the by the time the end comes around hopefully i can get you to see where i'm looking at because when you look at what i'm looking at it starts to become a little bit more interesting it gets because you just okay. kind of have to take a lot of things um like suspension of disbelief you know uh-huh. you just kind of have to go on it mm-hmm. did you need to step away or something no oh, okay okay um so let's just do it let's just get into it let's just do it i know we just kind of over arced like yes. the, the the two episodes kind of gave the general idea but it's mm-hmm. kind of like um I, let's focus on like pieces like um uh-huh. like sections okay? okay so it's like I mean, so we, we really start off with um, in mile marker 54. I mm-hmm. mean, this is this is the mile marker where obviously the truckers drop off every number four on the on the highways, but also where we find out where that Martha or the filthy woman was born. And uh, you get to the point where, you know, she, obviously she crashes the car. She has to bury her husband. And then you go through a whole bunch of things here. Mm-hmm. And um, this woman... 
you have to consider the fact that okay so part of her origin is that she was an English teacher and it, it really got me thinking about teachers in general mm-hmm. how I mean my wife is a teacher mm-hmm. and it's it really is one of the most thankless jobs I mean you don't get the salary that you, you think you would after so much schooling a lot of it is kind of like a gratitude thing and then if you really think about the kind of English teacher she must have been I'm sure she was a good one mm-hmm. but I'm sure she was a really strict one mm-hmm. because I think I think that's part of her character I think that's part of why she snaps <laughs> maybe could be <laughs> if you think about it I mean I I guess it's just the way my point of view because I, I interact with I do interact with a lot of English teachers but mm-hmm. I also you know my wife does social studies mm-hmm. so and that's probably the most shit on um, subject I can ever think of I mean I can't think of a subject that's more shit on growing up than social studies like what is this for anything in the arts you think the arts like I, yeah. I could see some redeeming value like this polar no, I, opposite no, like I some people are into redeeming. it and some people aren't no there's redeeming values in the arts but I feel like it's the first thing to get next in like the, oh like, yeah the for sure system. like it's viewed as like eh, like that's not important Whereas, yeah, that's nicked by nicked by adults <laughs> I know but like social studies, <laughs> like administration right exactly but like adults take social studies seriously I mean kids don't but what do kids know you know so it's like <laughs> no it's true I mean like what the hell did exactly I, you know so at the end of the day it's like yeah maybe I didn't like social studies but there's a lot of things I didn't like that you know as now as an adult I would say hey that was pretty damn good you know so yeah, but look at the teacher's point of view so she doesn't get it at the time she may get a letter from one or two kids in, the ne- in like a decade saying oh yeah thanks for teaching me social studies out of like hundreds or thousands rather yeah but, but how old are how old are your wife's uh, students uh they're freshmen in high school oh god it's like, the it's worst the fr- yeah they're in stuff but that's where she wants to but, be and that's the thing but they hate the everybody yeah well, age, they don't like anybody they go from like being these malleable pliable freshmen like they're just wet behind the ears to like being really shitty really fast i mean that's the thing so you like, get like these polar opposites you've got like your top 20 percent that's like yeah maybe they're like you can mold them they're malleable they have like potential then you have like your mass i don't know 60 percent that are somewhere in the middle you know they're not the greatest not the worst and then you have like the really shitty ones that are like at the bottom of the barrel 20 percent that they're just insufferable and they're just gonna they're they're not they, they hate everything they hate social studies they hate chemistry they hate gym they hate art like i mean you know it's always going to be something you know so <laughs> yeah. but the you know, shit heels of society <laughs> yeah they're just the worst you know 14 oh god <laughs> You're thinking about it now. Oh, I was very awkward at 14. No, I mean I was an honor student, so I mean I'm not going to say anything. Like I was, the, I was, oh, I, was I was in, the, I was in the good 20, percent you know. But like, <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Oh, Sorry, very malleable. Oh, very malleable. <laughs> well, hold on. Did you like social studies? I didn't, no, social studies was fine, but I mean, I wouldn't say it was my favorite topic. And it was mostly because of the fact that I am of, as we've kind of seen, a very an analytical nature. I like breaking things apart and things that make me think. So I always like math because I like solving problems. I like right. being able to break something down and figure out why and, and just and follow a structure as to this is the answer because of this. And there was no, and the thing with math is that there's no gray area. A two is a two is two. Four is a four is a four. No matter how you cut it, there's no other interpretation. Whereas with English social social studies, you know, there's a lot of different interpretations, a lot of different answers that can yeah. work. I'm never good with gray area. Right, and that, as you get to like the performance arts and like the creative and performance arts, mm-hmm. act, everything starts to become really subjective. Obviously, they're, they're subjective. like there's like some principles, but mm-hmm. yeah, very subjective. I don't do well with subjective. It needs to be black or white. <laughs> 
black or white. Like when, I think that's why we're so good together because I always I always are, tend to very, towards the yes exactly you are the, the subjective you are the ying to my yang like you are very <laughs> you know you 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 have the creative mindset to like explore that gray area and the different shades of gray with this and meanwhile I'm like look I prefer black and this is white so <laughs> yeah so so fuck out of here with this shit <laughs> right exactly. I mean I didn't say that. I'm, I'm giving constructive criticism. Well, I think that's why the, like, the English teacher role is so interesting to me because... Oh, are we losing the stream? The YouTube stream? Uh, well, it's good on one end. Okay, whatever. I think that's why I like the English um, teacher role mm-hmm. so much because it kind of really falls right into the middle. It's like right in between technical, you know, obviously like linguistics, grammar, and then it gets into more high-minded things like literary concepts, uh, theses, and essay writing. I mean, essay writing is still mechanical, but then subjects are sp- subjective. You know, you can you have to get creative sometimes you have to you have to find out really how to think about your subject matter and i think that's part i mean look and then just being a teacher in general right mm-hmm. english teachers right in the middle there and english teachers kind of obviously it's appropriate for what she ends up doing which is writing on all these truckers faces and that's and that's the thing i think that's part of it i think Why she write on their faces what's that? oh i can tell you exactly what she wrote on on each trucker's face by the mm-hmm. way because mm-hmm. i went i not only i did i check out um the walking dead stills i checked out um tanya pinkins instagram and she had a lot of behind the scenes photos from when she was doing the fear the walking dead takeover instagram takeover so you can get a lot of the quotes on their faces and some of them are actually really funny mm-hmm. too but um bottom line though is that i think there's the teacher factor i think there's the the helpless factor when it came to her husband the fact that nobody would help and that's the thing this wasn't the beginning of the apocalypse by the way i don't think i think this was kind of still in the middle of it because the, the in the one way to really tell is that um uh, the setting was overly that you know that before scenes mm-hmm. from the first half of the season mm-hmm. were overly kind of orangey yellow mm-hmm. that sort of thing and obviously like several months pass and like you know the, the body of the walker she kills which looked kind of brand new which is which is the inter- most interesting contrast by the way is that that walker was kind of like fresh you know he just passed away and turned into a walker and then by the time the truckers come around it's still orangey yellow but um you know that corpse is like it's gotten way more rotten in the street um but the interesting thing is that i i think i think it's i think she expected a lot more help than what people were giving her and the thing that kind of really confuses me is that i mean i can i can easily see what you're talking about when it comes to not kind of flowing into her story as well as we could have do you know what i mean yeah so but i I think at the same time like i didn't begrudge her you know she was she was desperate she was doing the best she could she couldn't hold on to her husband and i think that's part of the reason why she kind of turns i think that's part of the reason why she focuses so much on the help thing is that she kind of feels like an asshole for wanting help at first i think that's what really got her is that instead of ending her husband's pain, instead of having her move on and be something else, she waited too long. Mm-hmm. And and instead of spending more time with him before he went, she she focused too much of her efforts on trying to get help. And I think that's what really it's a lot of it's regret. Okay. Yeah. Do you I, know what I mean? Yeah. No, I can buy that. And so yeah, because if you notice that like when she's trying to comfort him, her uh, ugh, trying to comfort him, the only thing she could say is someone will help. Mm-hmm. Instead of just being there, talking to him, telling. Him everything telling you know telling her you know him telling her what she can do she spends time just telling him someone will help goes outside waits for somebody doesn't talk to him you know even though he's dying mm-hmm. so i think that's a lot of it you know i think that's a lot of what's going on yeah i could see that mm. i could see it let me see here uh 
Um, I say something about Daryl here. Just like Giles. Oh yeah, so that's it. So th a lot. Some one of the concepts that I, that I thought of was that um, Martha and Daryl are a lot alike though too. Because as we're starting to see with Daryl in this new season, is that the, he brings up the question of are are people stronger together, or at least stronger together in bigger, larger communities, or are they better surviving out on their own, moving around in just like small groups? Yeah, but this woman just wants to basically like be a sociopath and like be nutty for no reason. Like Daryl, we've seen the evolution. Well, she's the extreme, Darryl. right? Of course, right? Like it's Daryl is a a character that we've seen. Which, by the way, I did appreciate them being on that rooftop, you know, because it made me think of the scene in the in the season season one, right? Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, mm, yeah. But yeah, no, totally for sure. With Daryl, you know, I get it. It's like you know, you you've had your core group, and you know, you looked after each other. You're a family. You know, you you basically are. They they you know the whole Rick and Daryl like you know you're my brother it's like they have this camaraderie and the same thing with Carol and, and Daryl and you know even like other people as part of their group there there is that alliance there so to open it up to this big bigger world it's like and we're all going to live together happily ever after you know that's that's difficult you know especially if you just finish you know a war with these people you know that that's you know a tall order it's difficult right right Martha's just killing people for the sake of killing people because like nobody helped me yeah exactly <laughs> and, which which kind of begs the question what her end game is none. really there's, there's I mean, none. is she just really helping people to be quote unquote strong no, no she's just she's evil for the sake of being evil so mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying I'm just like what is the end game here well I do wonder because I she does want Morgan you know yeah, she, she does to want him. to yeah well no 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 it's not that simple yeah she says I want to make him stronger we're gonna go make him well by, by the end of it yeah but she's but been like saying this... that from the like from the moment like they've been interacting on that and that talkie like anybody that she comes across I'm gonna make you stronger when she was in the tank and like driving past him it's like I told you I'm gonna make you guys stronger it's like that's all she fucking says it's yeah, like, but, you know, but here's the difference though is that <gasps> something you might have missed is that uh -huh. in the beginning she really tries to get him to just stop and she mm -hmm. does see something in him and he sees something in her immediately and then you start to see that there's something about what she wants out of Morgan I, I think she really just wants to get him to stop helping because I think he she recognizes that in Morgan I mean after watching the tapes and seeing his behavior and talking with him on the walkie is that he's starting to see that, that he is strong he is somebody that doesn't need help he does want to be on his own so she kind of looks up to him in this weird way but she's disappointed in him, you know, like a teacher, you know, disappointed in every kid. I got a lot of issues to work out, but <laughs> the whole point being is that she kind of like, it's like a, a like a, well, no, this is, this is factual. Mm -hmm. Like she, she does say that she does give him a chance to stop and she, he's treating him a lot like he, like one would treat a student though. You know, you, you would, um, you know, discipline them, you know, and the lesson is not really for everybody else. She could care less, about, she couldn't care less about everybody else. She realizes how broken they are. She's seen the other tapes, maybe, obviously, right? So when she sees Morgan, she's like, I'm going to work on him. He's my project. He's my student. You know, I'm going to get him to, to my side, the other side of where I am now. That sort of thing. Except that she wants to be left alone. Um, I don't know if she wants to be left alone with Morgan. And I don't think she wants him for help either. No, she doesn't want him for help. She doesn't want his camaraderie. She doesn't want his assistance. She just basically wants to, I mean. She wants I, another agent of chaos, I think is what it is. I, that's my just, guess. Yeah, but, why? Just for shits and giggles. Oh, no. Because I think she just wants to spread this gospel like she just wants to clear the world she wants to clear bottom the, line and the gospel is i'm gonna make you strong <laughs> or because your husband died and now you lost your mind well i mean i think
think I think that's a lot. I mean, look at Morgan. I mean, I mean, it's it's kind of like that's the thing. That's the thing about this relationship is that there's there's tremendous echoes of of what it must have like for more because we never saw Morgan go down this path. We just saw it suddenly, and we kind of assumed it based on on facts. And it's he, kind of like a smart he, move, by the way. But here's the difference, though. Like Morgan, even in his craziest points, he basically you attack Morgan, Morgan's gonna kill you. Like you come for Morgan, Morgan's gonna kill you. You come across Morgan and you're a threat, he's gonna kill you. In like mm-hmm. the worst of it, in the thick of it, his Eastman here is not here, clear sort of days or whatever. However, oh, pre and post, yeah. Right. However, this woman's like, I'm gonna sabotage these boxes and I'm gonna sabotage these drinking water. Like you're not even coming across people. You're basically trying to hurt people that maybe could be possibly you come across, maybe never. But you're like, in case somebody comes across here, I'm gonna make sure to do them harm. Yeah, she hates the... Her thing is that she hates the living. Morgan was more obsessed with the dead. Right, which makes sense in the post-apocalyptic world. I get it. That makes sense. I'm like, you are bitter because your husband died. Boo-hoo. Fucking Carol lost her husband and her daughter and is still moving on. And meanwhile, like, this one is... I mean, I just have so many problems with this damn woman. Like, her face annoys... Everything about her just annoys the hell out of me. And every time I hear the word weak or strong, I'm like, we need to get a dictionary out or we need to get some other words going here because like we can't this oh, like, well i think that's the whole point is that it forces you to kind of look into why she's doing what she's doing and, and we have th- one episode left to explain why <laughs> well i mean i think it's kind of clear why though and i, I that's look, a very it, poor reason if the reason why is because your husband died that's awful. no it's awful. not because no 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 i i tried to kind of um bring it back mm-hmm. it, or kind of dial it back I, it's less about her husband dying okay and more about how she was when he was dying helpless but also the fact that she I mean not not only the fact that she couldn't do anything about it but because she kept relying on the kindness of strength she kept leaning on the idea of uh-huh. you know somebody will come somebody mm-hmm. will help you mm-hmm. know and then realizing that she kind of just blamed at, at the end of the day it, even though it's not said she's blaming herself for the entire ordeal right like blaming and herself I w- and I would have understand if you become like a loner and you say you know what I don't need anybody I'm resilient I'm not going to be weak ever again I'm going to learn how to survive and I'm going to be able to live but what the hell does that have to do with sabotaging random people you know what i mean it's just sort of like that's where i have a hard time just sort of like dealing with it like if you are a hardened person and you're like i don't want to be around societies i don't want to be around people i don't believe in this whole thing when we've seen you know other characters go through this trope where they're like i'm going to isolate myself i'm not going to deal with societies and people and helping each other and all that stuff i'm going to live on my own because i don't need anybody oh that's a huge difference between a, a depressive and erotic you know i mean there's there's degrees of neuroses but right. like and so she's just basically a sociopath but that doesn't make a compelling oh, yeah. villain but was that but that doesn't make a compelling villain to just throw somebody in because they're just psycho it's like okay that's where i have a problem with it i'm just like I, I get it like she's psycho but that's not enough to be interesting like psycho is psycho like yeah i, I mean i get it. it it is kind of a reach when you think about it but but i, I do kind of get it though I, and i can't tell you entertainment. why like i'm watching it for entertainment but i'm just sort of like you know it's a shame it's a shame because it's you know maybe it could have been something that could have been taken someplace more interesting maybe she could have been like this sort of like tough and resilient like warrior fighter sort of thing that would have been kind of interesting instead of just like looney tunes you know well i mean she finds a purpose (laughs) but that purpose happens to be to take down this benevolent network I think, it's, really. I think it's I think it's the fact that she learns the wrong lesson or not you know what I guess no. what is the wrong lesson there though? is because, none <laughs> that's what I'm saying but that's kind of my point in this kind of world that this all the stops on the railroad track kind of just lift and your runaway train can just go anywhere 
And that's kind of the thing. In a normal world, what you're saying makes complete and perfect sense. But in this kind of world, where there's nothing to stop you if you want to go certain places in your mind. And so that's the thing about what she does that is, that is kind of, I'm not saying it's understandable. But I'm saying I can see the mind going to these places where, you know, you're not, you know, you, you were of a certain mind about people beforehand. And then because of this horrible tragedy and because you acted a certain way, you operated in the world a certain way that wasn't compatible with the world today. And I think that forms a lot of what she thinks and how she moves about her day to day. And I think that's the why she, why she kind of suddenly flips. She suddenly goes crazy because she realizes maybe in that maddening instant is that, Oh, I need to be this way and everybody else because everybody else is kind of this way But I'm gonna be stronger than even them I'm gonna be the one that comes out on top because I don't need anybody and you know anybody that and I'm gonna hurt people who try to help other people because that's not the way you're supposed to be that sort of thing you know and that, I think that's where she kind of goes I think she almost to the point where she hates people that tries to help like you didn't learn the lesson you weren't taught right I'm gonna teach you how to work in this world whether you like it or not you know and if and I think there's also like an inherent challenge too by the way if you think about it it's kind of like I want you to best me that's what you're supposed to do in this world I want you to beat me I want you to be strong you know and if, if it takes me sacrificing myself to do it and I think by the end of it you're starting Starting to see that she's willing to go to the mat to get Morgan to either convert or to make him into a walker. Bottom line, it's like she's she's in it. She has nothing left to live for, mm-hmm. you know. So she's she's spending all of her energy. She's spinning all of her wheels on this one purpose, and she's found it. It's Morgan. That's the thing. Like she, in her, all of her quests, she thought the the biggest benevolent force was this trucker society. But it took her not that much time, a couple months max. You know, like from the time it took to be orange yellow in this in the background you know the uh, the cinematography all the way to the blue present scenes you know what I mean and then she found this guy who was kind of like her but now is helping people and she's like fascinated by him mm-hmm. you know and she, it's kind of like wait 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 this project is way more interesting she like totally dropped the ball on pol- polar bear and it was like who is this Morgan guy mm-hmm. or like she doesn't he doesn't even know she doesn't know his name at first but she does know his voice and then you start to if she's listening on the walkie she gets the MRAP she gets the videos and then she starts to see oh uh, this guy is something else this guy was is like me or was like me mm-hmm. but i'm gonna show him you know yeah. i can i can put him back on the right path is what is what i'm saying mm-hmm. and so i think and i think that's kind of to me that's kind of i mean effing crazy because first of all there's like these two planes that are operating at the same time there's this idea that she wants morgan to stop and she's willing to do anything to stop him and the second plane is what happens what's the effect to the everybody else on the show as a result of her trying to just get at morgan because that's her goal her goal is to fuck everybody's shit up. Mm-hmm. That's not her goal. Her goal has been Morgan from well, not the beginning, but her her goal has. Much, let me see. Uh, we start off in season. Uh, sorry, episode nine is the hurricane, right? Yeah. I mean, as soon as yeah, episode ten, episode eleven is when we see her at first in the bluebells or blue bonnets, mm-hmm. poisoning the water, right? Mm-hmm. So just because. Yeah, but then you start to figure out why she does it and blah 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 that whole thing. Um, but that's the thing. So it's it's kind of like oh, I'm trying to get at you, Morgan. I'm not. I don't care about these people, but I'll I'll kill them if they, if it means you, I bring you I bring you one step closer to where you were before because you were on the right path before. So that's that's kind of where it's at. All right. That's what I think. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. It's. I mean, I I get it. I get it. I know what you're saying. It is a leap. It is ambitious. It kind of goes back to the original point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But I kind of want to take a moment to kind of 
say what's on their faces mm-hmm. because on the truckers' faces. Mm-hmm. Um, so as she's going on this killing spree uh-huh. with the truckers, mm-hmm. there's a the song that plays is "Keep on Truckin'" by Eddie Kendricks. Mm-hmm. Kendricks, it's like a Motown song. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the first walker has "You Don't Help," which was what was her name? Stevie, right? Um, the bearded trucker you see, like eating that taffy, and him getting it from behind with Stevie Walker. Uh, what's written on his face afterwards? Wants some taffy. The the middle aged so she has like humor, you know. She's fucking crazy, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So the bearded trucker hits the middle aged walker. Uh. Sorry. Hold on. Let me say that again. So the want some taffy guy kills the middle aged younger trucker. The middle aged younger trucker has this is what we do on our face. Mm-hmm. And the last one is the guy that kind of looks like Mario Cantone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to reference him as. A, then it got me thinking like, what would Mario Cantone? How would he fare in the apocalypse? Not well. Not well. But um. But that's the guy that that's Purvis, by the way. Mm. So you know, Italian looking mm. guy. His name is Purvis. I don't get it, but whatever. Mm. Um, so he's the one he, that asks about polar bear, and obviously he ends, and that's the guy that has um, take what you need, leave what you don't on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the guy that sticks around until she gets Quinn. Right. So all the way from that point, Morgan radioing in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. So in this killing spree, you kind of get the completed circle about all these questions you had about is is that it for them? How many people are there? What what were they all made up of? And you realize, I mean, for for one lady um she's kind of a force to be reckoned with like she seems to be able to take everybody down Mm -hmm. so she kind of lives the way she she practices what she preaches she does not need anybody Mm -hmm. i don't know so she makes it very clear that she is that force she's kind of like a hurricane i mean really a Mm -hmm. death hurricane Mm -hmm. so yeah i hear you it gives her some credibility in terms of what she's capable of she kind of has like that I think the, also the filthiness, by the way, is, is kind of a, a little bit of a smokescreen, too. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, like, if think about the kind of person, like, I mean, look at Negan, you know? Yes. Looks showered, clean. Um, Always. Attractive, leather and, jacket. And whenever there is a demonstration to be made, he has the red scarf. Like, exactly. Yep, mm-hmm. The filthy woman, what, what is, I mean, and then you can look at all the other villains kind of like in, in this universe, and it's like, they're kind of similar in a way. They're very you know, distinctive. They're, cl- they're distinctive, they're clean cut, they're, I mean, I mean, at least on the TV show. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're polished. They're good looking, really, kind of. Um, but the filthy woman is honest. Like, her filthiness is kind of, like, biblical in a way. It's kind of like you don't really assume much of her if you don't really think about it. You know, and that's kind of what Morgan does, too. Like, when he first meets her in that, you know, taking the box and saying, oh, that box can help you, and et cetera, et cetera. And he's kind of just conversing with her. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't really think much of her. He doesn't really think that there's anything going on there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, had she have been, like, a, somebody that stood out and and maybe set off any alarm like having villain alarm bells like having really like grotesque weapons or something like that like uh hmm, yeah this can really help you (laughs) okay i'm gonna put my weapon up now and point it at your head so you know you don't really think twice so it's 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 just kind of interesting to kind of contrast that Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Let's see here. Um, oh yeah. So one of the thing, another one of the things that I did want to bring up because I know that we have a lot to go, but a lot of the things that tie together both episodes is is being in the right place at the right time, and also one thing kind of leading into another. And um, I mean, first of all, both both Martha and Morgan are in the right place at the right time. Morgan just entered Mississippi truck stop, truck stop as Martha was trying to radio Polar Bear. Morgan assumes she's one of the truckers. Had Morgan not left Alicia, wound up at the back of Polar Bear's truck. 
truck that Wendell and Sarah swiped, he wouldn't have been involved in this part of the story. And like the benefits of him, Morgan separating from Alicia and and winding up on the radio with with Martha is that like Luci- Luciana would not wouldn't have she would have had a harder time finding the uh, finding the gang without the boxes um, left behind with the radio instructions and the beer for Polar Bear and the you know. Because she gave you know she gave him the beer, she got the notebooks, um, and we would and we got more of the story, mm-hmm. which kind of completes the story and the idea of Martha is like, you know, this is what we're dealing with. This woman really ended him. Um, also, Alicia and Charlie wouldn't have been able to radio Morgan either because had he not left the instructions on the new, on the newer boxes, they wouldn't have been able to really get back together. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, and even though Althea got sick from one of Purvis's boxes that Martha probably poisoned, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, they wouldn't have had nearly as much water or food to try to survive and find everybody too. So it's it's like one thing leads to another because Morgan leaves the boxes and then also leaves the new instructions. Everybody seems to be able to get together because he tries like this odd thing of him trying to leave the boxes and trying and trying to help people too he's trying to engender this idea that like okay there's these things can help and if they can help me imagine what what it can do and then it kind of tells you what it can do it can really bring the whole gang back together and that's kind of rare i mean it gets so rare that when you get to the next episode i lose people i mean Mm -hmm. alicia somehow manages to find strand and Mm -hmm. that's mostly on a lark but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know everything kind of leads into the other like okay had Martha not gunned down the truck and they would have been there, mm-hmm. they would not have found Strand and Dory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a minute. It's it's kind of like these things had to have happened for this outcome to occur. As corny yeah. as it is, like it, it just fits. Everything just fits. And if you know, if one thing was removed, they wouldn't have found each other. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's it's kind of like the anything is possible kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You really kind of have to think about it. Like instead of taking it for granted and and suspending disbelief, no, don't just don't suspend disbelief. Go down the rabbit hole. Like think about it. And, I mean, it really kind of just, it also starts with Charlie and Alicia, too. Like, had Charlie not found Alicia, or sorry, had they not found each other and worked out their stuff, Mm -hmm. she wouldn't have had the idea for the beach. And the Mm -hmm. idea for the beach is what prompts her to go searching for it, and then they end up finding Sarah and Dory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, all of these things kind of get together. And it's just the randomest thing. You're like, Alicia, what the fuck are you talking about? Take her to the beach. Help your friends out. Mm -hmm. And even Charlie says that, like, find fucking friends. Mm -hmm. Um, But because she, you know, Charlie gave Alicia a little bit of rope, just enough too because they i mean charlie's like oh here's water <laughs> it's a beach right um you know so it's like shut the fuck up and here's a beach um she's able to actually do more you know she's 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 able to actually find strand and dory mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. It's, it's just all of these things together um let me see here <sighs> um do you have any points to talk about? not off the top of my head on those but you know i'm not as so black and white so Some, oh, <laughs> detail oriented no, no, no. I mean, it's it's great. It's just, I, I have my I have my points as we get through. As we get, okay, that's cool. Okay. Mm. Oh yeah, and then what you brought up before is that mm. the it seems like a lot of things are deliberately bringing up season one of the Walking yeah, Dead, and which I appreciated. I appreciated. Yeah. I appreciated the rooftop. I appreciated the hospital. I appreciated those kind of callbacks, which is tough, you know, because again, it's like you know you're not supposed to compare to it, but then you have these like little kind of nods that make you think about it, but then you don't want to think about Walking Dead because then you will inevitably compare, and you're like, oh, you know. So oh, that's interesting. It's 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 kind of like an unintended 
unintended consequence of kind of giving you that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like to the point, by the way, which in which I do you remember the the walker that ends up biting Jim? Uh-huh. I was thinking to myself, what? Because he had the head wrap, and I think yeah, Rick did have a, a bandage around his head, right? I think so. I want to say yes. I mean, I I know he took it off, but I was I thinking about. I just thought it was kind of funny, like in terms of like the whole curl thing. It's like a bite mark on the abdomen that you don't realize until after. Yeah, yeah, in a yeah. weird way. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I, I I mean, I I did no, I didn't think of that at all. By the way, yeah. but I was thinking more along the lines of the actual Walker. I was like mm-hmm. thinking to myself, mm-hmm. if Rick had actually turned, mm-hmm. like that's that would have been him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Flappy scalp. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's like a lot of things that like I I think that I that's probably definitely what they were trying to go for uh-huh, by the way uh-huh. for sure like to that to the callbacks to the point of and by the way it was deliberate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the scenes were intentionally shot the way they were shot the lighting everything to resemble that first episode or, well the first episode yeah 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 so i mean it's yeah so i appreciated those callbacks but at the same time it's you know the, the consequence of that too is that you automatically think to it and then you're like okay well i don't want to compare it either you know because it's not fair like it's like you said it's not fair to compare <laughs> it's not fair if you're going to be fair don't compare Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you must quit. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, there's some things that like that are, that are interesting because you're trying to figure out Sarah and Wendell and like you know, first of all, where they stand in the group, and it's kind mm-hmm. of like I, I think the one thing that you do kind of get is that they were kind of aimless. They were kind of trying to mm-hmm. get by on their own as as quote unquote twins. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the idea of Alexandria, the more they're kind of hanging around Morgan or Momo. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the rest of them, mm-hmm. I think they're really starting to feel like you know inherently. First of all, as you find out more about Sarah, like she's a Marine, and and Wendell wanted to be in the Marines, and you find right. out more of his like he does have a little bit of like that rem- that um monkey on his back, which is mm-hmm. kind of like you know this handicap or sorry no, disability. Uh, I, I was I was taught to not use that word anymore <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's not good. But this disability has kind of hampered his ability to want to do more, which is essentially uh-huh. his thing. And that's the reason why he has the monkey on his back. Because mm-hmm. you're kind of confused about him at first. He's, he is kind of um, blasé about it, a lot of things, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, we could just leave him here or, you know, oh, bye, uh, bye, Morgan. You can fend off on your own. Right, right. And you're just kind of like, these guys suck. Mm-hmm. But um, but you start to realize that, you know, I think they just needed to be with the right people to kind of bring that part of them out. Mm-hmm. Because you do see, like, a, a sense of compassion in Wendell when it comes to having shot Martha mm-hmm. it's like as much as, as, as of, of a of a I guess evil person that she is it's kind of like well you know what she's still a person and you know I'm not gonna light light her up you know right. when she's down that sort of thing mm-hmm. so it, I, I I think we're still trying to kind of figure him out too mm-hmm. you know as we go on but but we are getting a clearer picture of the kind of person that he is too mm-hmm. and so that was interesting because you kind of expected him to respond to Althea and saying yeah I mean I would have lit her up you know it's, it's not a thing you mm-hmm. know but like there is a little bit of that in him Mm, mm -hmm. um yeah let me see here so i think like i kind of want to get to althea actually because Mm -hmm. she's kind of steps up in this episode Mm -hmm. what's your okay so given your criticisms Mm -hmm. uh, um i kind of want to get your gauge on althea at this point like beginning to end i appreciate althea like althea is one of those few one of the few characters in the show that i'm that i am interested in and ironically we don't get as much of which is bummer because i do like her i do like her as a character and i'm and i would like to know more about her as a character more of her backstory what she's seen what she's been through you know that sort of thing so for me 
me, um, you know, I was, well, and, her, and her role to the story too, right? Well, I'm not convinced that there is a story yet, but <laughs> until okay. until I see the last episode and see how this all miraculously comes together, then I'll speak to it. But as of right now, like I told you, I have no idea where the hell the story is going. So I don't know where anybody fits into anything, but I like her character and I'm interested in her character. And I would like to know more about her and her backstory and, you know, where she came from, what she's been through. I'd love to know about more of like, you know, the, the people that she came across in her tapes. I mean, you know how I feel. It's like, especially with Abe and the doctor, it's like, I'd love to see an Althea backstory and see like some of the stuff she saw. I'd love to see like her come across Abraham and Eugene or whatever. I like just, you know, some of that kind of stuff. You know, if you're, if you're going to tease us with Walking Dead stuff, then you know what? Like, let's see it. I, and, and they did it on purpose. They owned it and said they did it on purpose. So it's like, if you're going to do it, let's see Abraham Ford and Dr. Eugene Porter. Right. Yes. But as far as she goes, though, um, but I'm well, interested in her character, and I would like to understand more about her. Oh yeah, no, a, without a doubt. Like, see, like some of those past videos or flashback sequences. Yeah. Or like we've gotten like glimpses of what she's about, but we we haven't gotten like a real full like. I mean, not that we've gotten a full backstory on everybody, but it's like we know for June, like kind of her backstory and the camp that she was in and what happened to her daughter and you know that sort of stuff. And so you kind of have some information on how she was informed and how uh, how she she behaves and all of that. Um, but we haven't really gotten that with Althea, not yet. I think a lot of what they've done this season, by the way, is, is left un, mostly unspoken, like retold, but unspoken, even to the point of our, like our, our kind of main protagonists, which I mean, obviously half of mm, more, no, half of them died, mm. you know, like Madison mm. and Nick, and then you still have Strand and Alicia. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of what happened to, to them in the past year plus has gone kind of mostly unsaid, but kind of, you could kind of piece together by inference. I just, yeah, I, and I think that was good in a way, because when it comes to all these other characters, you get a sense but you don't get a very clear flashback of their past. You get you get it basically from what they've said or from what other people have said about them, you know, at max. So I, I think it kind of doesn't leave them out, you know, of the of the equation in, in terms of what's been going on. Mm-hmm. So I think you may get something. Well, just to kind of get it over with is that you do see her in the next episode. So I don't think she's lost, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, part of you is kind of like by the end of this episode. And it's kind of kind of sucks to, to see certain sneak peeks because had they not shown Althea, mm-hmm. I think it would have created a little bit more tension and suspension. It's kind of like, wait, well, what happened to her? What happened to her? We didn't, we didn't see her for the rest. We didn't see her for this entire episode, this I Lose People episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think it was a really bad move to show her in the season finale, I think. You, you see her in two spots in the sneak and at least the teaser for next for you know the Sunday. And had they not done that, I think we would, I mean, just like you said, she's like one of the few characters that they've held her back enough to kind of make you want to know more, right? Mm-hmm. She does things and she does some interesting things and she there's this air of mystery about her like not mystery like, mystery i don't know if it's the right word you know when you hold back just enough mm-hmm. to make you kind of like i'm digging this um but i want to know more and so they kind of feed the birds to, to the audience they mm-hmm. kind of give you a little bit and a little bit mm-hmm. and it's just it's like game theory it's just just enough to keep you liking her actually mm-hmm. so that, so that's interesting so it's kind of like well i think in respect to um to to her character now though like it Think about the decisions she makes in Mile Marker 54, that episode. It's, what do you think of the decisions she's made? Like, I mean, she tells Sarah to go on with Wendell and, mm-hmm. and she tries to go to the generator on her own. Mm-hmm. What are you making? Do you sense like maybe a change in Althea? From where we saw her first and where we saw her second? Maybe. And now. Perhaps. 
kind of like a, I get the impression that she feels like she may not make it out of this, whereas before she was pretty, uh, pretty resilient. And now she's sort of like kind of feeling like, okay, well, I might have to, you know, sacrifice, my, sacrifice myself because I think Althea sees herself as a loner anyway. Like an outsider, you're saying? Yeah. Still like. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. So like in, in a sense, like maybe that she's not expendable, but like as much as she kind of is starting to become part of these people, she still feels like an outsider. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But, but I think there's something that like she can't deny anymore is that she is involved Mm -hmm. also but do you think that she realizes it maybe maybe subconsciously yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) possibly yeah She's kind of a badass. No, she is. I think she is. But I think, you know, this is a dire straight situation. Yeah. I mean, she's got like that new people syndrome, but I think the only reason why she's got it is because like she just does not want to get close to people. Mm -hmm. She wants to know people's shit, but she she doesn't really want to know people. Like she doesn't want to be close to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, that's a lot of it too. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So this whole tension between Jim and Morgan, by the way, Mm -hmm. what's your take on it? I just want to get some impressions. I think Jim is just bitter that he's dying and it's understandable you know I mean it's, oh, that's interesting he's he's you know he's been bitten he's dying you know he kind of is just angry at the at the world in general probably like Martha you know he's just uh, you know this is not how he foresee it going down you know and so you know he's he's angry about it he's not like depressed about it he's just angry about it oh yeah well I mean yeah it's, it's his way of handling his, his anger I guess, I guess his depression is anger right exactly that's just right. how it manifests with him with Martha it's like neurosis it's like everybody else is the problem and you have to be a certain way to handle everybody else mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting that you draw a pa- parallel between Jim and Martha too because mm-hmm. I kind of saw that and I kind of just let it go but like you brought it to the forefront and I and I think it goes back to what I was saying about Martha though it's kind of like you have this impression of the way the world works pre-apocalypse and you try to apply that impression into the apocalypse and you realize oh that's a mistake <laughs> so but then, but then that, but then, right in between that moment is where it shapes the way you're gonna be. I don't think Jim ever got that chance. Like he's been in captivity, well, like not captivity, well, but in that, hiding. Well, I think that Jim is also like a realistic guy. He's angry, you know, that he's he's going to die and he has this death sentence on him. So yeah, he's angry. He's upset, you know. Like I think his reaction is is fairly normal for you know a lot of people who would yeah. be in that position. Not Martha. Right, right. Marsha takes it on. She gets proactive. <laughs> she gets on the. She gets on the. Uh, I'm like, no, I, I'm not gonna let this happen to me again. I'm going ham on this. <laughs> so. So that's, that's what I think. But like, I think Jim is, is just constantly playing tr- catch up though. Cause he's just stuck and it's, he's kind of like one part Morgan, one part. I mean, I guess somewhat Mark, not in the, the way every Martha man. reacts. He's the every man. Jim yeah. is the every man. And that's fine. I appreciate the fact that he is like your, 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 your insertion in, in of, of normal dude who's like surviving post apocalypse. And he's just bitter that he's reached his end. And it's like, I get that. And I believe it, you know, because you know that's a, that's a normal reaction and this is a normal guy you know so it's you know that's to me like that's good writing i like the character of jim it's a shame that you know he had to die because yeah. like you know i i think that he he like you said in the beginning it's like he can very well be any of us more than somebody like eugene because eugene is such a coward you know whereas jim is kind of like and peculiar you know, too by the way like it's these two things like mm-hmm. eugene is peculiar but he's also a coward <laughs> right yeah. eugene is, has a 
Yeah, he's a little off. Whereas like <laughs> Jim is, he's just an every, he's like the everyman. He's like an everyday dude. You know, he has his moments of bravery, but he's also scared shitless too. This is not a, a yeah. you know, this is But he's also neurotic, by the way. That's the thing. Him, what he yeah. and Martha both share is that he's neurotic. He's blaming Morgan for everything that's happened. Meanwhile, it's kind of like. that makes sense in his state. Like, I feel like when people are like, when their back's against the wall and they're, I mean, look, I see it in corporate America all the time. Just pointing fingers. Something goes wrong. Who who can I blame? Who can I blame? People just, it's so easy for people just to blame somebody else for things rather than nobody wants to take accountability for anything. Ever. I, think, I think you're understanding Martha a lot more right now. No, but that's just. <laughs> no. It's just too far. It's like a it's bridge too, too far. far. It's a bridge. You, you can't far. put your, I think that's, I think that's what you're trying to go for. I, I think that's what you were trying it, to go for. It, it's that you they, can't see. No. Yeah. If they, if they molded Martha to be a sort of like person like Jim with just with a slightly uptick on the, you know, or like a gradual, if there was, if there was a gradual progression towards where we found her, right. A gradual progression, but you can't just sort of like this happened. You go to sleep, you wake up and you're a sociopath. I mean, like, (laughs) well, that was a span of months though. So there's, I think that's what they're trying to do is like there was trying there was a long period of time between the time she killed that walker in the street Mm -hmm. and obviously her husband died Mm -hmm. in like an amount of what day two days I think but yeah by by the time we catch up with trucker Stevie that walker had been dead a while so who Mm -hmm. knows the transition Mm -hmm. that um, Martha went through and I think that's the mistake that they made I think I think I understand what you're saying like if there would have been if we would have seen the progression and we would have kind of understood and it was sort of a even if this character had been hinted at earlier in the season at some point hinted at or whatever mm-hmm. then Maybe. I think yeah. we would have started kind of like okay there's this character and oh hey what, what's going on and like but to kind of spring this character in the later half of the season it oh. just feels very abrupt and I just so thought of everything something. feels abrupt I just thought of something mm-hmm. okay so something that I was going to say while, while you were talking about the, dis- the disbelief of Martha mm-hmm. and, and it goes to what I'm going to reveal in my thoughts about uh, the end with the sneak peeks and how the show is going to turn things around on us. I just thought of something. Mm. The origin of the vultures, or at least Ennis and Mel. Okay. What if Martha was the one that set the, f- the fire at the farm? Fire. That is your missing fucking piece. Nah, I, I, I think you're giving them too much credit and I think you're reaching. Maybe. I, it, but it, it, I, I just think that they're trying way too hard. But what I, would you think What would you think if, if she did that? If she was the one that did that? that? That is a huge piece that links both seasons together. Both seasons or both parts? Or both halves of the season. And that's, yeah, sorry. And, and see, and that right there tells you right there my points. It's like it just is so disconnected. It's but what so if that does it? What if that completes the circuit? I don't think that's what it is. That's kind I of like know. that's like third three layers Ex- of chess right there. Especially, though. especially because I'm pretty sure that Ennis was it Ennis or was it Mel? Like one of them had the conversation and basically kind of owned it that they like they started fire. And the, didn't they? Did they though? I don't. Yeah. I think that's what I thought would happen, but one I don't of, think it ended up happening. One of them said that and and said that because when they were explaining the story of what happened to the farm I think it was Mel who was talking to Madison and basically Madison tried to kind of guess try to answer kind of finish his story for him and whatever and he was sort of like nah that's not how it happened this is what happened and hey we had to do what we had to do you know like just something along those lines or whatever because well she told I think what he said was that he got them to stay instead of going mm. when the fire started and mm-hmm. he you know which which is why she tries to tell Madison it's it's not good to stay 
this is what I learned from from trying to stay and trying mm-hmm. to stand our ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it, but by the way, it's interesting that you and I had both thought that one of them started the fire, but mm-hmm. I don't. It, they never revealed that that either of them did that. By the mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. but I, we were left with this. I'm pretty sure that one of them did it. You know, it's got to be they're that evil, and that's kind of like why we were left with the impression that like, wait, the vultures. I guess they weren't that bad in no, a way. I mean, no. by the end of it, you know, they're, they're with still, the oily walkers forcing their hand. They're still. They were still. You know, they were actually more interesting. I mean, because well, they weren't all out evil, right? No, they basically were just uh, scavengers, really. You know, right, right. And they and they learned how to weaponize walker walkers in order to basically, uh, you know, take over what they wanted to take over without really getting their hands dirty. Well, like you know? the exact opposite of take what you need, leave what you don't. Right. <laughs> they took everything, even and what to, they didn't need. And to be honest, if, that's something I wanted to bring up too. And to be honest, if 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 this woman Martha had started the fire by some if they all of a sudden said like, oh, and she started the fire at that farm or whatever, it would make no difference in my mind. It would be sort of like, okay, more crazy psycho behavior for no reason. All right. It's the, it's the way, I think it's in the, I mean, obviously, look, it's not enough to just say that she did it. I mean, it would link these two halves of the season together, it would be. but I think it's the way in which it all unfurls. Mm. And I'm not sure, actually, do you know how long the the season finale is going to be? It is just an hour. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, really, in one hour, you're I think we should, to... just, we should check. <laughs> I think I, I think it is. I'm going to check right now on my home, but I'm pretty sure it is. I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to the website. <laughs> I can't. Hello, people. Season finale, Sunday, 9, 8 Central. Let me see here. I have to scroll all the way to the bottom. Why don't they just have the new ones on top? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so the last episode was is going to be I Lose Myself. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got to check the uh, listing. And how many, and how long does it say? I can't see for some reason. Let me just see if I click it. Let's see what happens. It's going to be, it's been one week. Oh, let me look at the schedule. True Lies. Hi, here we go. The Walking Dead. Comedy, shopping, action. Because we have to know. Everybody needs to know. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. They're going season one. Oh, that's right. So just so everybody knows, um, AMC is airing season one, episode one, starting tonight, actually, at 1.35 a.m. And they're going to be going episode by episode until the season finale. Uh, or at least, okay, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Season one, episode five, six, and then Saturday they're they're doing episode fifteen, and then Sunday they're doing episode one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They're going through all of season four in one day on September thirtieth, when the season uh, season finale uh, ends. Yep, and season and episode sixteen, I lose myself, is going to be. Oh, I can't see how long it is. Uh, it doesn't tell you the duration. What time is Talking Dead that day? That's a good question. Um, Fear the Walking Dead. Okay, so the re- broadcast is okay so mm, the rebroadcast is going to be at 11 18 so something tells me that they are going to be overtime so it's going to be more than an hour maybe like an hour and 15 maybe an hour 18 that's kind of what they're accounting for so they're giving talking dead that you know that full hour so it's going to be over that uh, original time mm. okay interesting interesting good to know <laughs> Good to know. That little bit of extra time to hopefully tell us that uh, Martha started the fire for Ennis and Mel. <laughs> and then what would, you, would, what would your reaction be? I would, first of all, I'd be like doing a football dance. Being like, holy snap, I announced it on the, on the show, yeah. Would that change your impression of her? 
I mean, well, I'm already kind of on board, but that really would be like tremendous because again, uniting both halves of the uh, of the season, um, the way that they do it is going to be pretty important. It's it's got to be in a way kind of like what you want that shapes further defines why she goes down this path. And, um, she's, the, and she's the new nemesis nemesis for here on out. I mean, it basically make. By the way, it basically means that she's been the nemesis throughout the entire season. In a sense, she started the fire, you know, like like Billy Joel, like it, which caused the vultures to come, which ended Madison. So, by the way, it's not just to define her character. Just the mere idea of her starting the the, the fire at Mel and Ennis's farm, their family farm, means that she's the reason why Madison is gone. By the way, the root cause, and so this will make everybody. This will really test everybody's metal. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It really will. Like it'll test Charlie because you know Mel and Ennis end up dying um, by both Alicia and Nick. Um, the the stadium goes down, so Madison's out. Nick eventually is out because Ennis kills him everything that happens this season is a direct result does Dory is Dory affected anyway I mean Laura is but you know how this is all like I mean it, it is you know what that is though it's the equivalent of me being like well I'm mad at the MTA for being delayed on their subways and it's like well no the MTA was delayed on their subways because of this inclement weather it's like no so I'm what I'm really mad is I'm really mad at the weather because the weather is the one that caused the MTA to have problems like, you know what I'm saying it's like it's easier to blame the MTA? Well, is that what you're trying to say? I'm just <laughs> you saying, haven't been here in a while. I'm just <laughs> you don't know saying, what it's like. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's layers and layers. It's sort of like, okay, I'm mad at the... But Althea likes layers or has layers. <laughs> Althea has layers and I want to get to know those layers. I care nothing about Martha. I want them to kill her off immediately and move on to an interesting storyline that preferably has to do with going to Alexandria and meeting up with some interesting characters. That would be awesome. I wonder though. I hope so because otherwise I have no idea what the hell was the point of this season. Um, Me neither. No, exactly. No idea. That doesn't piss me off though. Like, I mean, I I like that they tease Alexandria. I think it's kind of I think it's rude if they don't go. Yeah, exactly. but I think it's because but, that was like that was that perked my interest immediately. I was like, oh, oh, are we okay? Okay. Well, using it as a plot plot device to kind of get all these other people to kind of come along, like Jim, Wendell, Sarah, right. awesome, uh, and, as being the vehicle for the last mm, several episodes. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It's a vehicle for us. But mm-hmm. tell me in your heart of hearts mm-hmm. when you heard him say that. Yes, your ears perked up, but you knew, you knew in your heart of hearts that they would never make it. We, we, I think we talked about this a little bit. Like, I was hoping... Just because of this show. That's what the show does. But I'm still hoping that, like, maybe not all of them make it, but I'm still hoping, again, so because there's that little part of me, there's that little part of me that's still, That says, but maybe. That says, maybe <laughs> this is a backstory and this will have to do with the whispers when this all comes together. I still have that hope because I'm, because I'm, I'm trying to rationalize and kind of see, like, the purpose. Like, what is the purpose of this season and so in my mind like I told you the whole weaponizing of the walkers that the vultures did is exactly what the whispers do it is exactly what they do so to me it's sort of like not not to a T but I mean for the most part very much about utilizing the environment elements of what they are we're, we're gonna live among these things and we're gonna use them to our advantage mm-hmm. and 
man, it's like, so I was really hoping that like, is, is this, and, and then with the whole sort of like, okay, we're going to Alexandria, I'm like, are you leading this dangerous group to Alexandria? You know, is this how this group comes across Alexandria eventually? You know, because we don't know, like in the comic, we just know that the Whispers roam. They roam from region to region and they eventually, like, you know, Rick's group and, and you know, Alpha's group, they, they cross paths or whatever. But it's, you know, this, this group is basically like a horde and they just kind of wander. So I was like, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if Morgan in his like benevolent sort of peaceful ways actually brings this savage group to Alexandria, but basically leads them to their doorstep practically, you know? So it's like, I kept kind of hoping that there's, you know, that this is all part of a bigger plan. You know what I mean? It's like, I keep hoping that this is all part of a bigger plan. But then the more I watch, I'm like, well, I, I don't necessarily think that that's the case anymore. I think so. I just don't think, see, and that's kind of what I was getting to is that the show does this bit of subversion, mm-hmm. you know, on a small scale when it comes to, to specific things mm-hmm. like like you think you know where the show is going to go but then the writers and the showrunners they take it in a direction that you would have never thought of mm-hmm. probably would have never thought of I mean you know that Madison died but you just don't know how um, or take for instance this season we there's it, they've set us up they painted us into a corner where you think you know what's going to happen mm-hmm. but I, I I'm because everything in this season has led to a certain let us down a garden path of where this is kind of going to go like you your expectation is that everybody's going to get stronger everybody's going to be together and blah 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 and all this mm-hmm. stuff but I contend that there is going to be a bit of subversion going on they're going to take you down this path and then do a little switcheroo on you it may and I, I'm going to go on faith and say that it's going to be a good switcheroo only because of first of all season five which leads me to believe that there is some sort of connection there's like there's got to be some grand arc to all of this to all the walking dead all fear the walking dead the fact that they're they've got 10 years and possibly a movie for The Walking Dead in store, by the way. But I also don't, I don't agree with that either, though. I think that they have to kind of, they have to think about this end game. And I I think it's dangerous for them to be going down the route that they're going. Not that I want the show to end, obviously, but I do think that their reasoning for going to this is less to do with like, oh my gosh, it's such a compelling story to tell. And season five is going to be amazing. More, I, I think it's more like, let's keep this cash cow going. You know, like, I think that that's ultimately what it is because from a, a, a critic a criticism perspective like I, I don't hear people necessarily calling you know from the accolades from the raptors for for fear you know and and walking dead last from the rafters you mean yes exactly <laughs> not the, the dinosaur yes exactly from the rafters i'm sorry um, no, I get that. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, already The Walking Dead is on thin ice for many right, reasons. For many reasons, not just the whole rig thing, not just the mag. That's just it's, like that's just another like, brick in the shit pie, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. So to be like, we're gonna do movies, we're gonna do this. It's like, guys, you know, yeah. like, also, can you make this good first? <laughs> exactly. It's like you focus on the task at hand, which is the show itself, and also know you want to try it. Like when you're gonna, if you're gonna end the show and you're gonna like do this, because you have to try to like stick the landing so like you have to kind of yeah of like what this overall story is supposed to be and Kirkman supposedly he's always said that he has an end and Gimple that they have an end game in mind for what it's you know how it's supposed to end or whatever which is fine you know but like they need to kind of think with that in mind because at the same time you don't want to necessarily overstay your welcome and I'm not saying that like I want the show to end because I love Walking Dead it's one of my favorite shows but I think there's something to be learned from I'm trying to think of the best example of a show that ended on a high note 
know, probably Breaking Bad and AMC. Like they oh, it got close to Nato. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they basically like, you know, ended on a strong note that was very much, you know, critically acclaimed in terms of like, you know, the way they ended it and how they chose to do it. And when they chose to do it, it's, it, it left people satisfied. But at the same time, man, you know, it's a great show. I wish I could have had more. You know, they, they, right. they did it. They did it right. You know, they which they by the way, they did kind of like a almost Fear the Walking Dead season four kind of mm-hmm. season for that for their last season because mm-hmm. they they didn't quite reboot it but they did employ some of the past present stuff man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by the way mm-hmm. so think about that for a minute so yeah but... there is something to be said about having like a, a plan that nobody knows about mm-hmm. you know and i mean i'm and willing to give it a try because i mean no i mean i, I think this i watch it because i'm you know i, I want to see i want to see how this all comes together i just don't see it yet and i get frustrated that i don't see you know and I, i've gone through a whole season and i'm like no idea no well also you know i mean I think I think the big thing with you is that you kind of and this is just for the audience is that Carol is taking quite a leap a <laughs> kind of a chance with Fear the Walking Dead not to say that it would be crappy but yeah. that but that like you know obviously having to catch up in a short period of time using synopses and, and mm-hmm. backstories and stuff like that and mm-hmm. and you know saying hmm I'm not really confident that I can cover this and and all that stuff but you know I'm going to give it a try and 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 I think with anybody you know when you want to give something a try and you you kind of in, in some senses especially when you're trying to cover a show like this it's kind of like you want to give it a fair shake but you would feel and this is kind of like the argument for Martha again by the way you want to kind of give it a fair shake but when it doesn't pan out you feel even more angry that you gave it a chance to begin with mm-hmm. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. so, yeah. so like it's like oh man you know I gave it a chance and it just fucked me in the ass yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like so you feel that much more upset at yourself for for mm-hmm. banking on humanity, or or mm-hmm. in this case, mm-hmm. banking on this show because you had such high hopes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I mean, I went into it with trepidation. Like I wasn't, I didn't go into it with like, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. I was sort of oh like, no, no, I know. I was like, <laughs> you know, like let's see, you know, let's let's see how this goes. And I was definitely intrigued, you know, and. And there were some good, solid episodes this, this season. You know, don't get me wrong. You know that. Well, one. especially with the things that they were trying to do with casting, mm-hmm. uh, different showrunners, etc., etc., etc. But I think that it's it's certain things are a stretch. You know, this woman, you know, Martha, is a stretch. You know, like I told you, the beginning theme to me also is is a miss. You know, because again, it's like I know what they're doing in terms of like, okay, every beginning is different and it's representative of like the main theme. And like again, very deep, and it's like. By the way, it's such a departure from, and I, I know I've said this before, but it's like mm-hmm. a huge departure from the first three seasons. Those, yeah. That intro scared the that, fuck out of me. And that's what I want. It's fear. It's called fear. Oh, no, it was just noisy. It was. It was very... <laughs> it was it was like static. I have to lower yeah. the volume. I'm like Jesus, my wife is sleeping in the next room. Yeah, no, it was. It was very like <laughs> thin, very you know harsh. But I, I get. But that it. was only a few seconds. Also, it wasn't. Yeah, it was a very <laughs> few seconds. Yeah, it's like shorter than this one, by the way. I mean, it was, it was very short, but it was very like jarring, you know. Yeah. And I get what feeling it's supposed to emote, you know. Yeah, of course. Or, or, or even like Walking Dead's theme, which like as soon as I hear it, I'm like, Ooh, the Walking Dead is starting. You know, it's yeah, like th- there is something about that build up, right? 
what? of the of the theme music. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like you don't skip it either, by the way. No, I don't skip it. I do not. You know, and it's like, but you know, with with fear to basically go this route of like, okay, well, it's going to represent what's happening in the episode, or whatever. I'm like, I get it. I understand what you're trying to do, but it's it's almost like speaking of being a teacher. It's almost like being a teacher and like somebody <laughs> like you know doing a creative writing course and saying like, well, this represents. Or no, you know what? I'll give you a perfect example. Oh, I studied, please. I studied in, in my personal life. Even I studied, better. I studied architecture and like architecture is full of some like fucking whack jobs. So like to give you an example, yes, architecture is supposed to be about building and construction, which it is. But most of the time when you study architecture, especially when you go to like schools that are a little fancy, basically okay. they are very uh, theoretical based, meaning that I worked on projects sometimes that had no basis in reality whatsoever. Like that would never get built. Basically. It was impossible. Like for instance, structurally possible, but like nobody no, would want it. Not even. I'll give you an example. <laughs> oh, okay. Not even. And I always tell this as an example. There was one time that my project was to read the story of the um, mythology of. Do you know the story of Theseus, Minotaur, Labyrinth? Of course. Right. Yeah. So it's a like big we had, mythology guy. So we had to read that, and then we had to build a model that was certain dimensions. There were certain dimensions to this model, and you basically could pull out elements from that model it was like basically like your model you had to envision like if you had a, a a thick lock of narrow wood and you had to imagine that you were taking pieces out of it but you had to still maintain it within the model but so not completely discard the weight there's no waste essentially um mm. but so you had to reutilize everything you took out right right the okay. model has to represent an interaction between two characters from the mythology and then i had to create three charcoal drawings one showing the point of view of one character within the model, one showing a point of view from the other character within the model, and another charcoal drawing showing a third party point of view of, of the area where the two characters interact within the model. It's supposed to be like a section of the labyrinth representing the relationship between two characters. Made out of one block of wood or something, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Or one solid mm -hmm. thing. No basis in reality, obviously. This is not something at all grounded in anything. And it's fine. And anything it's fine. usable. No. No, I mean, like, when I went out into the real world, like, I mean, none of that stuff, like, was applicable whatsoever. I mean, like, you know, it, but the thing is that, I mean, it, it was good from a creative standpoint. Like, it gets your, your creative muscle going and you get, you never get a chance to be creative like that in the real world. It just doesn't happen, you know? Like, right. when you get out in the real world, you're building somebody else's vision. You're not designing, really, unless you're you know, uh, have your own firm or, or you're what people call a star architect, like, you know, fancy <laughs> those up, you know, like the kind of architects that everybody knows about and they're, you know, big time. So they, they can design, but most people are implementing somebody else's vision or you're just, you know, recreating like a, a model or whatever. But so, no, you definitely don't get a chance to be that creative and stuff. But I would see in, when I was in, in college studying architecture, like all these crazy sort of like, this represents this and I'm doing this and it represents this or whatever. And and I was the person who would sit there rolling their eyes 180 degrees into their head. Like, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> It was, it was, yeah, no, it was me and this, I remember distinctly me and this other classmate, this Italian guy from Philly, who was also in my class. And I think the two of us were always like, just not. 
<laughs> and, and it would drive me crazy because for me, because I was somebody who's so grounded in reality, if I had to, if we had to build some sort of concept model or whatever, I would build some sort of model that resembled something that was tangible, you know? Right. I literally had classmates that would bring in a plank of wood with a bunch of melted candles on it that they left from the night before and then like explained about how like this represents this and this represents that and whatever. And I'm sitting there being like, really? <laughs> and I and I think like you don't belong here, basically. Well, I can't take you seriously. Well, it's like it, it's just not me. Like, I'm not going to say it's like you don't belong here because, listen, you know, <laughs> come on, be real here. Come on. It's, it's me. It's, it's, it's there's, there's, there's 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 enough. There's, there's enough for everyone to go around. So it's mm-hmm. like, look, there's a place for everybody, you know. Okay, that's, you know, very diplomatic of you. Yeah, it's, no, it's true. <laughs> Listen, there's a place, there's a time and place, for, you know, for people who want and just kind of, you know, do something like that. And that's fine, you know. But like, you know, those people aren't working in corporate America, for right. example. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they, they don't find the practical jobs. I mean, these are people no. that like graduate with high-minded degrees, but then can't find work because none of their stuff is practical. It's, it's not, not grounded. And that's fine because so, you know, they're you know it is what it is so it's like you know there's a place for everybody but like when i see the beginning of fear and i see all this stuff and it's like well this represents this whatever i get taken back to architecture school <laughs> like and i'm sitting there sort of like just give me uh, give me a theme song that's gonna just sort of like make oh, me excited that like the show is starting and here it is it's back okay instead of like okay well let me look at the beginning and like okay there's a there's a uh, car alarm siren so i guess that's gonna be a common theme and the stop stop <laughs> like <laughs> i guess i stopped looking that far into it i, I kind of just like the music on its own personally mm-hmm. i know you don't like it but it's like a western yeah i mean there's Swangy. there's something about it that's kind of i've always kind of liked that kind of the idea of the frontier mm-hmm. and, and what that could represent i mean maybe what that could re- represent for the show but like i i've i love like visiting like wyoming texas mm-hmm. yeah i mean oklahoma even to mm-hmm. a, a certain extent mm-hmm. but in nebraska sure so like all this all this these southern regions it's kind of like there's just so much space and the show kind of demonstrates that a little bit too like when they in the beginning when they're kind of you know they run into Leland and all that stuff and it becomes really clear that there's really and and the show kind of brings it up every now and again too by the way they actually brought it up again in the last episode it's kind of like there's nothing out there you know the whatever was out there already the hurricane is taken away Mm -hmm. there's really nothing out here Mm -hmm. you know there's no there's no real good opportunities to kind of build this up again you know land is garbage garbage is everywhere mm-hmm. no structures left over mm-hmm. and so they kind of paint it they paint them and that's, in, that's this is actually interesting because this does kind of bring us back to reasons why they have to go to Alexandria and that's um, there's nothing out there so where are they going to go mm-hmm. I mean they're not going to go to California they've been out there it sucks mm-hmm. um, Mexico out you know some of these regions in the southwest out mm-hmm. north maybe I don't know mm-hmm. but it, it kind of paints them in a corner and so it really makes you think if they're not going to Alexandria, what's going to happen to them? Mm-hmm. Where are they going to yeah, go? Definitely. So, but further to the point, it's kind of like the the theme song. There, it, it does reflect what is going on in this particular area of the United States. It's like there's just mm-hmm. nothing out there. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. barren, and so that, that 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 music kind of resembles that kind of barren frontier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I mean, you know, different strokes for different folks, right? That's what I say. <laughs> Listen, that's exactly what I say. Like, I'm not knocking anybody's. You know, joy. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I could, I could totally see that though. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Morgan, yeah, 
Jim being the neurotic. Um, I don't know. I just feel I do. I think a lot of the reason why I feel sad for Jim, though, by the way, at the end of the day, is mm-hmm. kind of like it's kind of what he goes through in the apocalypse, pre-apocalypse. Is the stuff that we go through now, but it's the stuff that carries over. You know, like you can't carry that baggage in this new world, like mm-hmm. in this, this broken world. You know, and, and and I wonder, like, it does make me wonder a little bit, like how we would fare trying to think of a similar situation. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if that sort of thing would have happened to us, like, oh, I finally got my big break. Oh, this podcast finally takes off. Then the apocalypse happens. First of all, I mean, I know we'd be a little bit more prepared. You'd definitely be more prepared with your go bag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but, Possibly. But then I wonder, like, okay, well, the internet's down, so we can't podcast anymore. Um, and I'm just going to, you know, we almost made it big, that sort of thing. And, and uh, you know, yeah. So it's just that kind of thing, like, you know, are, are we prepared, you know? I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, there's little bits of that in our own lives that sometimes we, we, we're on the cusp of greatness, but we're just not quite there. Mm-hmm. And then we feel like we're almost there, and then we almost get it, and then it gets taken away or something like that. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just something I identify with, and it's kind of like, I mean, as opposed to you, I think I was more annoyed with Jim than anything, because I kind of wanted him to not be that like sometimes we watch things because we want to see the hero that we could be <laughs> not the, not the shit heel that we are yeah <laughs> so yeah. So you need to get a good mix of, I mean, obviously, but Jim was just that hit close to home in some ways with what people could, people kind of are now. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. A little bit neurotic, a little bit of an asshole, or at least what we think they are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it's kind of like, come on, buddy, buck up. And he, I mean, I guess he did good within the last few minutes of his life, but... Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I was glad for at the end of the day. Right. You know, and I think a lot of that has to do with that corniness. I mean, that corniness of each and every person finding a way to, you know, having found themselves get together and come to realize, oh, none of us would be here without Morgan Mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. Morgan is what got us to stop killing each other. Morgan is the one who got Alicia to come back. He befriended John Dory, got him back on his feet had he not intervened, uh, mm-hmm. saved Alicia out of a pickle. But then it's the idea of him and the idea of Madison, you know, the idea of, of people just need to be together. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that he was doing it at the time, like kind of just trying it out mm-hmm. and seeing what happens and then having a fondness for everybody, you know. And, and, you know, I mean, that one episode of him going to everybody saying, hey, I want you to come to Alexandria with me. Hey, I want you to come to Alexandria with me. Mm-hmm. Him trying to get people to, to be included in his life like mm-hmm. his like last attempt to really give this people thing a try mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like oh I guess I'll be on my own and right. Althea's in it really just for the story not really for him but then I think there's a little bit of a turnaround you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they all kind of want to you know Instead of it being kind of like a, eh, you know, as people start to find their, you know, will to live, the reason to move on, their purpose again, they, they, <clears throat> they start to realize that, you know, hey, Morgan's going through a tough time mm-hmm. and he was there when we needed him and we didn't want him around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we got to kind of show him that we do want him around and we do appreciate him when he's not here. Right. So I think that's a little bit of the reason of that corniness. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that, you know, I'll, I'll, admit, I'll admit one thing. There are some things that they didn't quite do quite well like i mentioned my one gripe i think in the last episode where we covered the the whole episode with the lagavulin um whiskey bottle that strand was trying to get Mm. i wish that they would have i mean it wouldn't have it would have only occurred to you if you paid you know attention to absolutely everything in the show to realize how significant that bottle was to him Mm -hmm. and had even like coleman domingo you know brought up that's the significance of that bottle on talking dead it would have made that much more of a difference to kind of make us understand but that's the thing he shouldn't have had to do that Mm -hmm. in order to kind of 
kind of realize the significance of certain things. Mm-hmm. So I think that, and the interesting thing is he, that's the one he directed, I think. <sighs> if, I, if I remember right, I think, I want to say yes. Yeah, I, I think that's right. So, oh no, no, that was, you know, he wasn't in that, no, that wasn't him. He did the one, I think he did the one where um, it was June and Althea mm. and then Wendell Morgan and, uh, was it Luciana? No, no, uh, Wendell Morgan and Sarah. Mm-hmm. You know, the one that he wasn't in. Um, right, right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like the last few weren't as carefully crafted as, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and and make you feel. And I think that's what makes some of those scenes a little bit more um, corny mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or hammy, hammy or cheesy or ham corn and cheese. There you go. My favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, I'm trying to like blaze. I just you know I get so detail oriented for the, with these episodes, and I realize okay, we got to cover this whole thing, these two episodes together, and it's just too much. Um, yeah, I mean, I even covered ahead of time that on paper Jim is absolutely right. And, mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, okay. So um, to kind of further the whole point about Jim, though, I'm glad I kind of started talking about that. Is that, and I kind of mentioned this in the beginning, the whole thing about Jim being right. I mean, on paper is very important because if it's the difference between, and we do this a lot now in our lives. I think a lot of people just want to be right about something, or just want to win an ideological argument or something like that, without the without. The the, um, without realizing what the consequences of winning that argument might be, however they decide to try to win it, mm-hmm. you know, winning the intellectual argument at all at all costs, or trying to win or trying to be right about something, you know, like on paper, um, you know, if I'm sick and you know I, I take antibiotics, you know, I'll get better, right? Mm-hmm. But if there aren't any antibiotics, you know, every decision you make at that point is could be a bad decision, and then you could blame yourself or that person for directing you to make those decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And you could be right about those decisions, right? You could say oh, you should have listened to me here. You should have listened to me there. You know, you were going to die anyway, that sort of thing. You know, you're going to get even more sick or, you know, get a mm-hmm. fever and burn your brain out or something. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like, on paper, everything, more, you know, Jim says about Morgan's decision-making is kind of like, well, you, first of all, you're not making, you're not, you didn't have anything better to say, you know? You didn't have any more uh, better ideas based in reality. In, in Morgan's better, more informed reality, by the way, um, you didn't have things to offer in that realm. So you just can't sit there saying that, you know, oh, this guy led you down a garden path and and now you're stuck. You know, so yeah, so what if you're right? You know, mm-hmm. at the same time you're not offering anything better. And, and and just because you're right doesn't mean that, you know, that makes everything better. You just got to keep trying doing whatever you can and not worry about pointing the finger, you know? So it's it's just this it's this thing of like it, it kind of just made me think of like how we do this in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And sometimes we win an ideological uh, ideological argument based on like hashtag fake news Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. we think we know what the story is like Jim Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day you know we're working off information that maybe everybody kind of knows you know in a way but you know fine you won the argument but you didn't work at the end where you know if we if we were to follow you we we definitely wouldn't be alive that mm-hmm. sort of thing mm-hmm. so it, it's just something that i kind of wrestle with a little bit because you know it's you know i kind of wanted to analyze why jim like in some ways jim is right on paper like everything he's saying makes sense but not in this reality mm-hmm. and and it's the fact that every other character on this show doesn't follow Jim's on-paper logic that leads them to better things. It Because they kind of don't succumb or, you know, they, they almost succumb to that kind of logic, that kind of, um, you know, uh, you know, it, it's like you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, that sort of logic. Mm-hmm. That's what Jim is. It's like, oh, I'm not just not going to take a shot. It's like Strand where Strand was on the island. It's like, I'm just going to give in. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. You know, this makes me right. You know, I'm right to stay here because this is 
the best for me right now. Mm-hmm. Trying is what will get me hurt, you mm-hmm. know? And by the end of it, Strand gives it a try. And once he sees Alicia and Charlie teaming up, and like, first of all, the fact that they're together to begin with, you know, her of all people, you know, teaming up with Charlie to, to, to do something together, to workshop together, mm-hmm. that alone is kind of like, well, if these two can patch it up, anything is fucking possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that leads to more and more things. Like, when Dory's in the pits, that that it's Strand's reaffirmation of, like, you know, wanting to be better, wanting to have hope again that brings Dory out of the pits, you know? So it's just all of these things. Everybody trying on something, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then it leads to, like, you know, anything's possible. No one's gone until they're gone. Um, uh, what was the third thing? Um, it's like Naomi. It's like Naomi. It's like June also. Like, she's trying things on when she keeps telling Morgan in the affirmative like you know are you gonna find a way down no she says you're gonna find a way down you're gonna get us out of this it's not even a question it's like what do we do now I mean everybody else is asking that but June is like so like what's the next step you're gonna get us out of this mm-hmm. yeah you'll 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 let it you'll find a way out mm-hmm. you'll give us a suggestion mm-hmm. she's trying the affirmative because to do the to do otherwise is kind of like for her it's gonna be backsliding you know, like run away yeah, every man for himself like Jim mm-hmm. so I don't know that's I kind of ran with that thought because it all kind of ties together though you know mm-hmm. everything that these people are doing in the season is reverting to old habits but then also trying on this thing where they you know they kind of retry or reinvent the way they kind of want to do things the Madison way like it's one thing to kind of chase after ghosts and try to live up to their ideals from this kind of like pedestal mm-hmm. but it's another thing to do it your way mm-hmm. you know to go through your own path your, your own kind of struggle and then come out the other end and figure out you know this is the right way but I kind of had to get to this bad place in order to find it mm-hmm. so yeah that's where we are. It's where you are. Deep end. Yeah, that's where it's that's where I live. I live in the deep end, even though I'm really short. There you um, go. Deep. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I do have to admit one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah gets like the best line in, in that last episode, if you were paying attention. Okay. Um, she tells Jim when she's like really frustrated with him. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to get the recipe for his for his beer. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, You're a class A asshole. An unpleasant jack off who feels Jagoff who fills every room he steps into with a philosophical fart. Yeah. Put your beer, man. It's poetry in a bottle. That's you too, and that can live on. Yeah, that was a good Phil- one. philosophical fart. So she's you're warming up to her. <laughs> no, no, I, I I like her. I just thought the homo stuff was silly because I just can't get around. I, I can't I can't embrace silliness in post apocalyptic world. So you know, so- I want to be in the room. I wanted to have been in the room with you mm-hmm. when you heard the name for Jim's new beer or Jim's reinvented beer label. <laughs> fine with that i mean like you like jimbo's beer bows i could hear you groaning from new york city you know what it's the i i don't groan when it comes to this stuff it's like i just sort of like it has no effect on me basically like i'm just kind of (laughs) stoic sort of like watching it like there's no emotion even i was kind of like it's so stupid (laughs) yeah i mean it but the stupidity is on another level with this already so it's sort of like okay more stupidity all right oh so it kind of just dragged you to the depths of stupidity yeah you're kind of invested i'm kind of numb to it She's kind yeah. of right though. Like the weird thing is that like as as like what the fuck is Jimbo's beer bows? I, I kind of just want like I mean I guess it makes sense. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I, I guess it kind of fits in. I was like, you know what? I'll allow it. Whatever. It is growing on me. I was like, whatever, you know. Like we're already because even that was a bit too much for me. I was like, we're already in the it, it, we're already in the in zone. Much. Yeah. So it's like, what's another? 
just just ham it up some more go ahead yeah we're in that spectrum of, we're, of, we're, yeah. of stupidity mm. stupid humor yep, basically absolutely yeah. so yeah. i'm like eh, what's another thing gonna do you know so it's like yeah so it's like i doesn't really incite any sort of reaction really but no i i, I appreciate her character there are some interesting characters it's just you know they're, they're kind of it's just above the story you know like i think that there are interesting characters and i think they can be utilized in some very interesting ways it's just a matter of you know what what is that interesting way going to look like what's the plan look like this martha chick get rid of her immediately in the next episode in fact yeah. her off in the first five minutes if you have to and start getting on that road to alexandria like I, I don't know you know just something if they drag out killing this woman it's it's going to be like ridiculous it's like please do not have some sort of dialogue between morgan and her and existentialism and meaning of life and all that no it, you know what it, what it reminds me of like if you've ever seen indiana jones and um raiders of the lost ark or the guy yeah. like this all these fancy things with the sword and he just takes out a gun and shoots him i'm like exactly just yeah. stop, with that. stop if the one when, when the mono when the monologue starts stop <laughs> take out the gun and shoot her and call it a day like it's just but you know it's not gonna happen i know and that's you, can, you can already see it I'm from all, the sneaks exactly i'm already annoyed <laughs> Yeah. The good news is that you kind of don't see her for some of those sneak peeks too, by the way. That is good. I'm like, I don't want to see this. So it kind of makes you wonder what state he's going to find her in when he does find her eventually. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the writing on his forehead too. Mm -hmm. It's a different font too, by the way, but we know that she confirmed that she wrote it, even though it's different. I don't know why. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. So I can't tell, I can't tell where Morgan's at more than anything else. He seems fine, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Maybe it's a smoke screen. I don't know. Uh they, and that's the th- that's the thing. So I'm, I'm not really sure. No, I am not. That's the thing. I'm not. I am not there. I, I think we have to give the show, these shows a lot more credit because a lot of the times that they've done this sort of thing, they're it's not that there's a payoff, but it's they do it. I want to say that they do it for the reason for a reason, even though it sounds really cliched, but it's true. You know, with every unfortunate decision that they make in terms of development or like where somebody or where a particular character ends, you know, it, it in the end that ending means something or that the you know that plot the reason why that plot goes in this in that particular direction is because it leads to something else mm-hmm. you know so i think it's really easy to kind of i mean like, obviously you taking a chance on the show and then finding mm-hmm. out you know the, oh that that would suck but like we're not there we're not at the end of the road yet and mm-hmm. that's i could see why your trepidation is because like okay it's kind of like the way we um okay do you remember the way you felt when you saw um the season ender for season eight of the walking dead and how well that all came together yes Yes. And how, like, nervous we were. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't know how that was going to quite pan out. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden... Now, it wasn't like... Obviously, it wasn't, like, the best ever. But it definitely did satisfy some of the concerns that we had. We had some major-ass concerns mm-hmm. leading up to that episode. Mm-hmm. So many things in the air. Like, I was stressed out, mm-hmm. like, with my note-taking and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they somehow managed to kind of wrap it up in a, night, in a bow. Like, in, in a, they they wrote it and narrated and boarded it and filmed it in such a way that you know I, I can dig this I can munch mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. you know and so there's no reason for me to think that Fear the Walking Dead can't do the same thing yeah no they can for sure I kind of like the way um, Andrew Cham- uh, Ian Goldberg and Andrew Chambliss kind of I like the way they've boarded this season like it's there's more of a an effort towards um, clever kind of I, and I know in some ways it's ambitious but I, at least for me in the first half it paid off mm-hmm. and so I have there's no reason for 
for me to think that they can't pull off the second half. And if, and more so if they do find a way to kind of really unite this season under a, a, an umbrella of some kind, like kind of, you know, saying, let's say Martha was responsible for the fire or something like that, or maybe something else. It could be, it could be something completely different because I do think there, there needs to be something that, that, um, you know, brings it all home, mm-hmm. you know, not just the future, but like ties up everything that's happened, all the misery and all the, I mean, it's one thing for everybody to be, everybody to be better off than the way they were before, but there's, it's gotta, it doesn't mean that everything is perfect too, by the way. It just means that like this whole, these, this whole season means something. There's, there's a bigger meaning behind what has happened, mm-hmm. you know, between maybe so in the Mar and Martha being responsible for, let's say all, everything that's happened. That's just an example. It could be, they could tie together something that's completely different. You know, mm-hmm. it could be completely different, uh, something else. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that, I mean, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not making big asks like, you know, fear the walking dead characters being involved in the overall, the walking dead story. I've kind of ruled that out. We've got enough on our plate with the walking dead to, con- to kind of be like okay uh, all right i would like that but you know I- i'd rather focus on what we got right now in our hands um so i'm not going there but i would like a nice send-off like i would like everything to kind of connect i think they can do it i really do think they can do it and i can't on it to be honest i can't wait to see what your reaction is next week because it's kind of like i'm i'm really curious i really want them to win you over you know more than anything else i'm i'm already in i like where the show has gone mm-hmm. um even until now mm-hmm. but I do recognize that there is that they can definitely do more and I think that they can because it looks like that's what that's the direction that it's going towards mm-hmm. like something big um, and you know we can even let me see um, let me see here uh, da, da, da. yeah we can go there now I mean obviously you know they get off the roof they take the freight elevator Morgan throws a body on the car the car alarm goes off they're able to leave they leave they come back the corny scene happens Mm -hmm. where they save Morgan with the fire truck and there's some suspenseful action scenes and stuff like that and then seeing everybody kind of rallying around Morgan gets Jim to kind of say hey you know what he doesn't really say it but it's kind of like implied that you know they obviously care about you you know maybe and he was about to apologize in the episode beforehand about his behavior you know but i think that was before he got bitten so so i think there is a good guy there and i think seeing all these people care about him and and recognizing that he's probably not a bad guy i think he that he just got a bad break kind of like before the apocalypse it's kind of like well he's i think that was him letting go of all the all of the anger not just being bitten and having to deal with those stages of grief but i think also everything that's led up to that point before the apocalypse it's like there's just no point there's acceptance mm-hmm. and it's like as long as there's acceptance now there's something that i can do and i can be a positive force for this universe i can make these it's not only the beer that's my legacy but it's these people if i can make these people live on and do great things that's also my legacy mm-hmm. so but i think what i want to talk about now is is that subversion so all this time we, we're focused kind of on the original characters these new characters but i don't think we nearly focused enough as much as we needed to on morgan we're assuming that we're looking at all these changes all these people all these people are making dory even stumbling a couple times um you know we got the major behavior changes of june how she's kind of evolved from being this frightened person who is kind of always on the fence and always almost leaving to being this person who is in the affirmative who's trying new things who's trying to be something different than what she was before and what we haven't really been focusing on is morgan himself because you'd think that this entire show is about all these people trying to get better and try to find purpose and meaning and being vulnerable and telling the truth about what happened but i think all of this is at the in the end all 
all of these people um, are gonna it's it's gonna be about something completely different it's gonna be about Morgan in the end I think this whole season has truly in the end of the in the final analysis been about Morgan this entire time because to make these people better means that Morgan can finally reconcile everything that's happened to his life in his life because Morgan has had bigger problems than any of these people have ever had and Morgan has been even in this episode like you could feel him losing himself it's frustrating like even he's even annoyed with Jim at some point you know like this is really hard for him mm. and he's he's even having a hard time accepting everybody else's help even when all of them come back in that hammy scene he's like you guys are putting yourself in danger you know it's like it's frustrating and so this is going to come to a head finally especially with this woman in the picture mm. you know trying to get him to turn back this is the test Okay. All right. All right. So yeah. So the, and I think that's really the entire purpose of the sh- of this season is that is to really be. It's the season about Morgan in the end. As much as as it is about the other characters and how we fix them and focus on them at that point. In the end, it all is going to come back around to the beginning. It's all going to be about how saving these people saves Morgan. Yeah. I can see that that might be like the poetic direction that they're going into, the meaning of it all. Yeah. I mean, because it definitely subverts expectations because you think this show is going to be about, you know, the Clarks and then, you know, Strand and, you know, all this stuff. And even like the new characters. I was so disappointed. What was that? I think that's why a lot of people were disappointed because they're like, well, how did this become the Morgan show? You know, like well, for people who were fans of the Clark family and that were fans of like the original year, they kind of were a little put off that it's like, well, here's Morgan and now it's like, he's a leader and it's the Morgan show like how did this yeah. How did this become his platform? Yeah, but I think that's bullshit too. Because if you really, I, there's so many reasons why why that kind of thinking is bullshit. Like I watched from the beginning as well, but mm-hmm. but we also watched The Walking Dead, and we have new favorites. Like your favorite was Abraham Ford, yeah, right? And he wasn't part of the original group. He only came in like what uh, season seven, yeah. six. I mean, I get it, but I, I mean, I do understand what they're saying though in terms of like Madison. It seems like the Clark family was always the protagonist, particularly Madison. Oh, mm-hmm. that's true. And then basically Madison was killed and Morgan is your protagonist now and like he's sort of like de facto leader. And I, I've seen some people say that they were kind of um, put off that the show didn't develop more Alicia as like following in her mother's footsteps and being the leader. But like why is Morgan, you know, the leader? You know, we're invested in, in Madison, we're invested in Alicia, we're invested in um, uh, but he, they were invested Strand in, and not even Strand um, the brother what was his name oh Nick yeah Nick, yeah Nick you know it's like they're invested in like Madison Nick Leash, you know primarily and right. so the loss of Madison is a huge blow to a lot of people you know they really were kind of like shocked the show would go down this road because you know they're not necessarily sure and, and again it all comes back to the idea of what is the bigger plan you know because I think a lot of people think that if you wanted to go this route it's, it's fine you know but what is the purpose of killing off Madison and how does it benefit the bigger picture of a bigger plan that is trying to happen and you know for them to kind of see Alicia still sort of like not back burner but she she's not the protagonist the protagonist is Morgan Morgan is the center of, of, the, of the of the season and well I mean yeah I, I, well there's the, I think these two things are mutually exclusive though I think I think you can still pick I would even say more than anybody else June might be the I, I'm not saying that but like I think June is, seems more to be the more natural leader at this point because she's she's trying things on more on the affirmative I mean I would want Alicia Clark to be the leader and stuff like that but but what I'm not saying is I'm not saying that Morgan ends up being the leader even though people do seem to look to him for decision making right. um, but I am saying that there's something to be said about the way you um 
paint a season and a season that could stand on its own or or the way a story arc goes where it can be about somebody else you know it can be about this one particular person and not take away from the others you know and and having that you know having everybody have their own like i mean the time that i spent on blogging uh the episode close your eyes episode 10 of the season tells me a lot about the seriousness of this character and these characters you know and 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 how important they are and how vital they are to the story the bottom line is that I do think that there's going to be a subversion of expectations. I do think Morgan, it's going to kind of boomerang around to Morgan, like where people are kind of settling in and then Morgan is going to have to do this thing on his own. And he's, and all these people are going to be like this, basically his back on the reminder of who he is, how far he's come, how much people are important to him. And then also the kind of transformative, um, the, how these people were what he needed all this time that he was not getting from Rick and his crew and these people and all at war. It was just the wrong place, wrong time. Whereas these people are the right place, the right time. And even Martha in this next episode coming up, that is also the perfect time for him to kind of encounter her because it really is going to end up testing his mettle and where he's going to go. And I think there's going to be a push and pull in this season, in this next episode, that's going to define the way, first of all, that Fear of the Walking Dead is going to go moving forward because of, of where these characters are going to end up going. You know, whatever happens with him, with Morgan and Martha, these two people of the same coin, but of different sides now. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, even some of the things in the sneak peek, Morgan's walking down a road, contacting Martha. He reaches a point in the road where it kind of goes into a T and he has to choose left or right to find my mile marker 54, which is where Martha began you know her origin of being evil so i mean this is really going to come to a head it's really kind of this next episode is really kind of a lot about coming back to the beginning you know morgan's the start of his journey the start of martha's journey it may even bring us back to the start of everybody else's journey we you know obviously we don't know and then we really are probably going to get to the heart of what happened to althea which is something that i think you and i are probably both you know almost kind of nervous about even though we do see her at some point so on that note (laughs) You've been listening to Squawking Dead, and uh, we will see you in the season finale. I think that's what I'm going to say.